Welcome back to Sunday Night Geeks, where movie critic Leo Rydell and filmmaker Chris Hicks talk the latest in movie news and reviews. Join us every other Sunday and weigh in on the discussion. Now let's talk geek. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another, yes, I said another, episode of Sunday Night Geeks, everybody. What's going on, Chris? My usual host, he's here today to talk about some Oscar predictions. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Leo? Great to be back, ready to get the debate started, and I think we have a few gentlemen. Yeah, we have some today. special guests today here from the Geek Fix podcast. Some very, very great guys. They love geeky movies just like us. We're going to start with you, AJ. What's going on, man? How's it going? Just living my best life. I'm ready to debate. I'm ready to talk about Oscars and going on from there. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, man. We all ready for this. What's up, Ryan? Yo, what's going on, homies? How how's your day going? How's the Oscar pre-Oscar gaming going? We taking shots before these Oscars come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on? What's going on though? What's up? I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that are doing that. So appreciate that, and I know I'll be doing that myself. Hell right, yeah! Guys, so let's dive into it, everybody. We're gonna dive into our final, yes, our final predictions for the Oscars 2020, everybody. Lots of categories and um, some surprises this year. One of them being Joker being nominated for 11 nominations. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, along with uh, maybe a couple snubs here and there that we were surprised to not see make it in these categories. But we're going to be doing our predictions by order of how they're presented at the 2020 Oscars, guys. And we're going to just get started off, everybody. If we're cool with that, we're going to dive right into the actress in a supporting role category. So, nominated for actress in a supporting role is Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. So, Chris, as my oh. co-host man, you know I'm going to hit you up first, buddy. Who are you going to pick to win this category? Uh, first off, Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I don't know if that performance is even worthy of Best Supporting Actress. I definitely actress. agree. Uh, she's barely in it. She's barely in it. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Scar Joe on this one. Uh, Jojo Rabbit was amazing. Um, I don't know. She's, she's, just, she's good at everything. She's almost a Mary Sue when it comes to acting. She's in everything, and she can do anything. Uh, I haven't really... Uh, the marriage story, I, it was personal. I loved it. Um, but Jojo Rabbit, that's my pick. So Scarlett Johansson. All right, man. Uh, yeah, I think I can follow you up on the Margot Robbie tip. I thought maybe Charlize Theron. Or, yeah, if anybody, but or she was like, I think you should be the lead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she got lead, and Nicole Kidman could have been the supporting here. So it was she did great. Weird. Nicole Kidman did great. Exactly. Yeah. So I was wondering why she didn't even squeeze in alongside Margot. I don't know. I didn't think Margot Robbie's um, role warranted a nomination. But that's just me. Um, so me neither. Maybe not even Kathy Bates, to be honest. But. I'm going to go to our next person. I'm going to go to you, Ryan. Go ahead. Give us your pick, man, for actress in a supporting role. Who are you picking? So I think I'm going to go with Chris on this one. I, I'm going to give it to Scarlett Johansson. Um, I adore Jojo Rabbit, if I haven't made it clear. I thought it was one of the 
better movies of 2019. I think I made it like number three or four in the top of last year. Um, Scarlett Johansson's one of the reasons why I've made it so high, simply because her performance was pretty much great. Are we doing spoilers a little bit or no? Am I allowed to say a spoiler? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. Spoiler, just in case you haven't seen it. So the her death scene, yes, when she dies in the movie, you don't see her. You don't you only see her legs and you see Jojo crying at her feet. But because of how good of her performance was in the movie, you feel like it was her, obviously. And I don't tear up or feel very emotional during very many movies, but it definitely made me feel it in this movie. So I want to give it to her. But just also, like Chris said, Laura Dern with Marriage Story was pretty good because Marriage Story is more of a personal story to me. Um, I don't think she will. I mean, I think she's going to win it, but I don't want her to win it, not to sound mean or anything. Uh, Margot Robbie, like you guys said, she was barely in it. Uh, I'd rather have someone else. And she's on the, I'm pretty sure she's on the uh, Oscar nominations a little bit more as we keep going. Florence Put is always great as usual, um, but there's just so many other better performances and little women from. I, I'm really bad with all their names, but you know what I'm talking about. ScarJo and Laura Dern, but I think ScarJo should get it, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, ScarJo seems to be the favorite here. Uh, I, I will admit, that's not my prediction, but I do see why her performance is praised so much. Because it's like you were saying, Ryan, There, we do only see her feet in that scene, but we still miss that character enough that her and her that's what makes her performance so great we still miss the character she was still a part a central part of the story and it felt a, a big loss to lose her it was it was pretty tough to get through so i think she did a very good job great. now aj i'm gonna go to you man mix us up a little bit man what you think you think it's scarlett johansson you're gonna go with somebody different what you thinking for actress in a supporting role man uh i'm gonna go with um Florence Puff for me. Um, Little Women, I think, is probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, filled with a bunch of great actresses. Um, none of them disappointed me. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit was really good. And I was really late on Jojo Rabbit. So I'm going to go with uh, Florence Puff on, on supporting role. All right. Definitely a mix-up there. Now, I, I did like Florence Puff, but I, I liked... Sersha Ronan so much that like it kind of took away a lot of the other girls for me. Um, I gotta go with Laura Dern, guys. I gotta go Laura Dern. She mixes up the, Please explain the drama yourself. so much. Hold on, man. Don't don't you start, Chris. <laughs> now, <laughs> what me. I that was the other. <laughs> that was me. That was me. That was me. Leo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shoot. All right. All right. That was the all other right. white guy. <laughs> 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 all, right, all right, my bad. I'm, with, I'm mixing up my white guys here. Now, what I have okay. to say is Laura Dern made the court stuff so exciting for me. Like, if it wasn't for her, she made the divorce kind of fun to follow. You got to admit, like, with her poking in and chiming in and making Scarlett Johansson's character, like, do all these different uh, things she wouldn't usually do in the in the marriage and go for all these things. Like, I was really enjoying her performance she's a bitch like and she person. plays a bitch so well <laughs> so well i was, I was like she's married and i got kids and shit and i'm like this this mother this exactly this exactly she makes oh, you hate her i know role. she makes you but hate i like her. laura dern so much i don't want to see her like that 
I really like Laura Dern, man. But she's, yeah, she I was do. I love Little her. I think Lies. she's a great actor. She was in Big Little yeah. Lies as a bitch. So I kind of missed her part. that. Yep. So I, I'm used to that role for her. Like, and she just brings out the best of it this time. So I have to give it to Laura Dern. Actor. She does a damn good job this time. I don't know how. I, I'm like the exact opposite when it comes to you. How you were saying how every time her character was in like the courtroom scene or talking to Scar Joe, it was always really interesting. I thought the opposite. I thought it was really interesting seeing who Adam Driver was getting because he went to different lawyers throughout the film and they were all really unique characters. And I thought they were all funny for all the wrong reasons in all the right ways at the same time because he's hopping around all these different lawyers and because they know who they're going up against they don't want to go up against her because they know they're gonna lose exactly and I think, that's not interesting she's the bitch with the that's power, so man. I, I love I think it. when you settle so this shit out of court <laughs> i think it was fucking fantastic and excuse my french too. i think she is too man so okay I, we got everybody's got different but chris and ryan seem to agree i'm gonna go with laura dern y'all that's that's my prediction moving on to the next one makeup and hairstyling now we've got Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Interestingly enough, that's the only nomination this one gets. Not a big surprise. And then 1917. Now, I'm going to start with AJ this time. Who are you going to pick for uh, makeup and hairstyling? Oh, I think uh, Bombshell is going to win for makeup and hairstyling. Um, when I first watched the trailer for bombshell and i forgot the character's name for um charlie staring megan kelly but, yes kelly and i didn't even think that was charlie's um charlie staring as that character i <laughs> her or her what prosthetics were incredible makeup hair everything was beyond perfection for me um who are the it was kazuhiro and and Morgan and Vivian and Baker Vivian that Baker, were yep. that yep. were did the hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. And I think they their teamwork and just everything that was built off of that. I think the makeup and hairstyling for Bombshell was the best part of the movie. Even though I love Bombshell and the acting and everything was done great for me. The standout was makeup and hairstyling with Joker. You got the makeup, the face paint, and all that, and it was really cool. Um, I didn't watch Judy, so I can't really respond to that one. Maleficent, I think Angelone. Oh God, Angelone. Angelina. <laughs> Angelina, thank you. <laughs> Jolie. Homie says Angelone. Angelone. I mixed the two names together. Anyway. Um, 1917, I thought the makeup was nice and all, but I don't think that was the standout either. So for me, I'm going to choose Bombshell. Uh-oh. Chris, you got something to say there? No. I'll keep it to myself. Wait for my turn. <laughs> Alright, man. I'm going to go to you next. Who do you think deserves the Oscar for makeup and hairstyling? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what AJ said. Actually, I agree with 90% of it. Uh, I thought the w bombshell just kind of puts you in that world and it's it does such a great job because it it like you said it looks it's so accurate to the 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 characters 
themselves to the real people that they're portraying and this the way that you're they're actually in the studios and it you know it's just it's really immersive and it does a really good job and you look at the list i'm gonna have to um you know kind of knock joker off that because there's nothing really fantastic about it um it's more or less joaquin's performance um we'll get into that film later but just going down the list maleficent i i don't care um but 1917 like dang uh, as a filmmaker, it's so hard to do period accurate films, and every in the way that they shot that film, everything needed to look great. There was no second chances. No. Nope. Um, and I think you know, with being such a history buff that I am myself, there's a lot of accuracy in there. There's a lot of fine detail in there. Um, I believe that they should definitely win the Oscar for it. 1917 is my pick, Leo. For makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> If it's on there again, it's going to win a lot for me. So just get used to me saying it. It's your pick for makeup and hairstyling. Yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's right. I think that response yes. chased Ryan off. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll Did uh, he drop him off chance. the book? Yeah, he dropped off. We'll give him a chance if he comes back. But um, I just got to say, for makeup and hairstyling, I got to agree with AJ. Bombshell. Um, it really... You said it right, Chris. It really does put you in that um, environment, oh. and I just really, yeah, really liked how like accurate they looked to their characters. I mean, Charlize Theron looked exactly like Megan Kelly, like exactly like her, and even like Nicole Kidman looked a lot like Gretchen Carlson. And like, there, uh, we'll get into this a little bit more in um, cinematography, but kind of going back to your comment about. <clears throat> Going back to your comment about uh, the like the look of that movie, there's this um, scene where the scene, uh, the entire sequence where Margot Robbie goes to um, uh, Roger Ailes' office for the first time. John Lithgow looking amazing as Roger Ailes, by the way. And there's this cool dolly zoom when he's like telling her to keep pulling up her skirt. It kind of gets you in that mood. Like there are some really good zooms in that movie. Looks like a newsroom. It really does. And I gotta say, the makeup and hairstyling, just amazing. The fact that they look so much like their counterparts, I, I've really gotta predict bombshell this this go around. It's it's I I get where you're going with it, but uh, just something there's just something inside of me that just I don't know. I think I just don't think bombshell is gonna. Uh, I don't think people appreciate what we were talking about as much. I don't know. I think. I just think I also, think with 1917, I think the makeup was great. But when you're talking about makeup and hairstyling and everything that goes through it, I feel like Bombshell had it all. While 1917 had, and like you said before, everything needed to, needed to be perfect for 1917. And everything was. I just don't think yeah. that was the standout for that spe specific movie. I think for Bombshell, it was makeup and hairstyling. So. I know. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I see what you're saying. Let's yeah, go, bombshell! Oh, right, look, I'm the back. corn dog muncher back. is back, y'all. <laughs> yes, the right, the corn dog muncher is back. Who are you predicting for makeup and hairstyling? So, I'm going back and forth between bombshell and 1917 because Joker, whatever, Judy, whatever, Maleficent, whatever, kind of again. But like, 
bombshell like what aj was saying when the first trailer showed up i'm like who the hell is that woman so i went on imdb and i realized it was charlie's theron i'm like wait there's no fucking way that's charlie's theron get out of here dude the makeup is insane and but then you got 1917 man period accurate it's insane how period accurate if we're doing makeup and hairstyling i'm gonna go with bombshell yeah i agree i mean just with the makeup and hairstyling like the way they looked so accurate to their counterparts was just crazy she didn't even look like Charlize theron she looked like megan kelly man and Charlize has a history of taking on roles that change her appearance like monster hands down is probably one of her best performances if you haven't seen monster you need to get on that so good i've been meaning to watch moving on to our next category costume design the irishman and jojo rabbit joker little women and once upon a time in hollywood what do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to go to you first, oh. Ryan, since I haven't been to you first, man. Uh, what you think? Costume design, who you going with? So, instantly, I want to take Joker off the list for costume design. Um, this is a really hard list, though. I'm not going to lie. The only one that I don't think should be on here is Joker. But the two that I've been going back and forth between are Jojo Rabbit and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, I wish 1917 was in this list because I would have voted for that instantly. But since I got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I got to go with that. It's insane how period accurate again they got with this. I felt like I've watched the movie like six times already. And every single time, I'm just blown away with how they make me feel I am in the 1960s Hollywood. It's insane. I love the aesthetic. I love the look, the costume design, the way everyone looks. It's insane. So I'm going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, I'm inclined to agree with you. The look of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that period and how much it captures it so well, it just, it really puts you in that era of Hollywood. And I just, it immerses you in that world. It's amazing. And it's a great love letter to films as a whole. Um, Chris, what you think, man? What's your pick for Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yep. I mean, hey, there's there's really, besides Once Upon... Jojo Rabbit, maybe. Not that creative. Jojo Rabbit, maybe. That might be the only thing to give Once Upon a run for its money. But everything else, eh, nothing really creative to it. So. Uh, I didn't. Okay, for the Irishman, I think there was nothing. You know, you want to be creative about the costume design. And there's certain films where you have to design a whole new wardrobe. And then there's certain films where you have to put. You have to design a wardrobe, but you have like a period like a, a set time frame to pick that wardrobe from. And a lot of these movies, they're all like, you look at the Irishman that's set through multiple decades, Jojo rabbit set in the thirties and forties or wherever. I forget the exact date, but it's during, you know, world war two. So you got your Hitler stick, you know, you got your Hitler youth and you got your crazy people with their guns, little women, you know, set in the, I don't know the Victorian age. I forget. I've seen the movie like a thousand times because it's not the first Little Women that came out. I mean, there's like eight movies called Little Women. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it just does it better. That's where I'm getting with this. A lot of these, you know, they're period pieces that are set in this category. So I just think that Tarantino just knows how to write a love letter to a genre, write a love letter to uh, a, a, 
a part of history, our time frame in history, and during the '60s in Hollywood. I mean, he just he just puts you there. It's just there's no other way to to say it. It's it's it was like it was he was filming locations that actually exist now. It's just it's really cool. I just think he nailed it. He always nails it when it comes to his films. So that's my pick. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I completely agree with that last statement that he always nails it, man. Like it felt like he was he jumped in a time machine and he went right back to uh, late 60s Hollywood and was like, let's roll a camera. It was perfectly captured, and it really put you into that era, and it's just so well done. Uh, AJ, who are you going for with costume design? Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm <laughs> I, I'm a little <laughs> upset that I'm actually going to say Quentin Tarantino will win because he's, for me at least, he's probably the perfect director along with Christopher Nolan um the way he shoots his movies the way he puts the audience us into his movies i feel like it's fantastic is damn near perfect for me um costume design is no ex- exception uh it's creative i feel like um like um goodness like chris said it just transforms you into that world. Um, we'll get into produ- um, production design, but I feel like the costume design melded within the production design with some. Um, yeah. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, it's just like they're both molded in perfectly, even more so than Jojo Rabbit or The Irishman and Little Women for me. I really wanted <laughs> my. My first thought was Little Women should win because of the period accuracy you guys were always talking about, and I agree. Um, um, I think Jacqueline Dern is incredible, or whatever she does for her costume design. But for me, it'll it'll be um, goodness. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood. You just really like Little Women, don't you? You I really like that that. so much. (laughs) I, I love it. If that could win every award it was nominated for, you would be happy. Oh, no, 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 no. I won't go that far, but <laughs> it should win almost most of it. Yeah, I mean, Once Upon definitely deserves this mm-hmm. one. There's just nothing else on the list I can really see getting in the way of it besides maybe Jojo Rabbit. Maybe. But I, I really think Once Upon easily has this one. This is one it's going to scoop up out of, I predict, quite a few. Um, so. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is looking like the winner for that category. All right, moving right along to film editing. Now, we've got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Um, all right, who's the lucky number one this time? Chris, who are you going to pick for film editing? Uh, um, do you, honestly, I, I really enjoyed Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I'm looking at the list and I'm thinking this is pretty shallow. I mean, there's a lot of great films that came out that can be on this list. I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of Joker, we're seeing a lot of Jojo Rabbit, but, you know, even for a Taika film, uh, I think the editing for Jojo Rabbit was, wasn't like, it it didn't like stand out to me necessarily. I didn't, uh, the film's great, but just, you know, don't knock me for saying the editing just wasn't spectacular. Joker, the same thing. I mean, uh i didn't i didn't like the way it was edited personally uh it was a little jarring in places but 
things took me out of ex you know maybe if i went back and looked at joker again i could appreciate something like that uh haven't seen parasite irishman didn't didn't wow Whoa. me in the editing department at all it didn't wow me in the editing department at all i love the story don't get me wrong i watched the whole thing through and through i did took no breaks i loved it i love good storytelling i like watching these great actors that i've watched grow you know i've seen all the movies that those guys have been in and seeing them all on screen again was great for me but i wouldn't go wow holy shit did you see the editing in irishman the opening title sequence was awesome there, no no just, i'm not saying whoa well to that i'm saying whoa well, you haven't seen parasite i'm not interested if you want to watch the live parasite all you got to do is look at the coronavirus stats from china anywho i'm going ford versus for i'm going ford versus ferrari <laughs> That film, there's some car. Oh my god, the the way they put the camera, uh, the way they cut it up, and they made it high octane, uh, to use a corny ass cliche term. But I'm gonna go Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, you know, Ford versus Ferrari looks like it has a really good chance. I mean, it just cuts back and forth from the lives of Shelby and um, wow, why is his name uh? slipping me right now miles hey christian bale yeah ken miles, <laughs> ken miles and Kel yeah ken it miles. goes from them yeah, like sure. very seamlessly to like the middle of miles like driving at night to the beginning of the race and it like is very seamless to the point where you feel like it's edited almost perfectly i mean in my opinion like it just really bounces back and forth well between the dynamic Jarring. racing and yeah. the uh the story itself yeah it's not jarring it's very like you're in the dialogue and then you're in the races and then you're somewhere else and it's not it's not a hard cut. It's it's the perfect time for that scene to end. So I, I definitely can see Ford versus Ferrari. Um AJ, what's your choice for film editing? Yeah, my choice is uh Ford V Ferrari as well. Um on the topic with Martin Scorsese, I think he's one of my favorite directors of all time. Probably top three directors directors. But one of the main issues with me that um i have with them is the editing um most of those movies i feel like they're way too long um scenes can be cut out and still make sense i i just feel like he he over simplifies his movies i feel like and for v ferrari i think everything was put together perfectly um my eyes were glued to the screen throughout the whole movie i i did not look at my phone once um Everything was interesting to me, from the cuts with the race cars and all. Everything was perfect for uh, for V Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit. I did feel like there were some scenes that were a little too short for me, at least. Um, Joker, I felt I felt that seemed sluggish a little bit as well, even though I loved the movie. Parasite is probably one of the front uh, front runners. I feel like that should get film editing if 4V Ferrari wasn't there. Um, <clears throat> I just felt like that one was done perfectly as well. Um, <laughs> I think a snub, there was a snub in this. 1917 should have been nominated for this instead of The Irishman, I felt like. And I think Absolutely. it should have won as well. Yeah. With 1917, that was even better than 4V Ferrari, even better than Parasite on film editing level. 1970 like once again what um like chris said everything had to be done perfectly and precise with 1917 and 
had they to have a clear happen. cut direction for that film, yes. even in the editing bay. There's, yes. there's multiple styles of shooting film. I'm personally a filmmaker who shoots to edit, which means I've already figured out how the hell the film is going to look. And then I build the pieces backwards. You see what I'm saying? I got yes. the film and then I, I build it backwards because I'm, I'm 100% sure of how I want the shots because I know how I'm going to edit it. And with 1918, uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> 1917, <laughs> uh, you had to know every damn detail ahead of time. Not, you know, there's some things I, I figured out on set in some ways I wanted to uh, shoot the actor necessarily or how the dialogue was going to be tweaked was all, you know, a lot of it's on set organically, but not, no, all that vision I see for the titles and all that stuff and how I want it cut. And this scene's going to end here. This one's going to start here. Can't, you know, all that stuff is is already pre-planned and I, and I know for a fact that gonna, they had to have that kind of mentality with that film you're you're right it should have been on this list and i should have said something about it when it was my turn you you brought up something that you, yeah you're you're absolutely right it should be on here well and i think that you could even cut joe joe rabbit you could cut joker you can cut irishman and you could put in 1917 you can put in lighthouse like the yeah, editing yeah, yeah. for these three movies does not stand out. Like that's like not I, when I think Jojo Rabbit, I'm not like, oh my god, that's a beautifully edited movie. Like, no, I, I think of Jojo and Hitler and all the comedy surrounding that and the period piece <laughs> style. Like, that's not what I. I don't think of the editing. So I, I think oh. that one could easily be thrown out along with Joker and the Irishman. But Ryan, we haven't heard from you in the editing. What do you think, man? Who are you going with in film editing? I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious choice, Ford v. Ferrari. Joker film editing, okay, whatever. Parasite editing, I thought it was kind of a of a basic edit that someone could do. I didn't really see too much in the film editing of the movie. I don't know if that's just me. The Irishman, get that shit out of my face. Jojo Rabbit, fine. But dude, 4v Ferrari, man, those racings got my fucking palms so sweaty. Just how fast the cuts were. They the the editing in those scenes specifically were just fantastic. They really enticed me and made me believe I was in that race car. Just going they made me feel how fast everything was, how dangerous it really was, and the the film is just more coherent than most of them in editing. So obviously Ford v Ferrari. I didn't really think I had to say that since we, I think we all agree Ford v Ferrari though. Now, hold on. I'm going to have to stop you when you said that Parasite was a basic edit, bro. I'm going to have to stop you right there because that was not just a basic edit. I thought it was lightly sprinkled with all three of the characters, the, the um, lower tier family. It kind of panned back and forth between families really well and sneaking them in and getting them all into that house. That was edited really brilliantly, in my opinion. Now, it's basic? Okay. No, no, no way. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say, not basic, man. But I will say, in comparison to Ford versus Ferrari, it is underneath. It's basic. It's it basic underneath. compared to Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> no, I, I'm still not going to use the word basic because that's just not true. <laughs> let, let, let's spell it out. B. A S I C. All right, I muted you. Anyway, <laughs> is anybody right, else? So gonna... Is anybody else surprised Ryan spelt basic correctly? I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Shit. <laughs> he already had it written down. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Started with B, Ryan. Started with B. <laughs> All right. 
All okay, right. Moving on to, and I'm going to make a joke. <laughs> moving on to production me. design. We've got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, I think there's probably a few obvious choices in here, but I'm going to still go around. We're still going to hear from the crew, y'all. We still got to go ahead and make our predictions. So, with this one, AJ, I'm going to come to you first, man. What are you thinking with production design? Who was your pick? God, this is hard. Um, the the production design for Parasite was simplistic, but I think that was a positive with me. Um, having the lower tier and the higher tier, I felt like was really good, and you can tell the difference within that. So I think that that was fantastic. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood had a lot of. It was more. It was more than Parasite. I think it did more with the production design. So I might have to choose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I know um, they're going to choose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's Hollywood. So I'm going to choose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 1917 has a chance. It was, ah, oh, good lord. 1917 all around perfect movie. You you can't get you can't say anything else about that. Um, Jojo Rabbit, I thought the production design was really cool. Um, the Irishman, I really did not like this movie, but I will say the production design <laughs> for The Irishman was pretty cool as well. And that's something that Mars Scorsese does have, Bob Shaw, having Bob Shaw's production design and Regina Graves as set decoration, I thought was really good. They were really good. So I'm going to choose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, I think it kind of, and this is, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little with my prediction, just a bit, but I think um, Once Upon a Time and 1917 have a good chance up against each other. Um, Parasite does have like a minimalist look, but yeah, I definitely don't see it winning. Chris, I'm going to go to you, man. What you thinking uh, for production design? It's, it's tough. Uh, for... Uh... The filmmaker in me is screaming um, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but the filmmaker and the historian in me is screaming for 1917. I know. And just not not <laughs> to get off not to get off topic, but uh, one of the Academy writer, uh, one of the um, uh, who do you call it? people that vote, uh, vote wrote an article voters? saying the voters, yeah. That 1917 was a gimmick, and I I've what? I researched that movie, and I don't think it's a gimmick. I think that he was trying, like I that's a specific point in history. It's a real it's a real moment that happened in 1917. It's a turning point of the entire war. It really was a sprint to the finish to save lives. And if I was a filmmaker, and the technology that we have with the rigs and the camera systems that we have, I'm like, let's shoot this all at once. That's not a gimmick. I think they were trying to tell a story with the story with the way that they shot the film as well, like Nolan kind of does with his. Uh, I think it was not a it was not a gimmick; it was a a plot device. And I think in order to do that, you got to surround yourself with this huge, massive production that it, it can't. It, the moving parts got to move with the camera, and it's just oh man, you just got to give it something for the production design for World War One film that doesn't get they don't they don't get a lot of love. Um, and kind of telling trench warfare the real way that it was because honestly guys it wasn't as bad as we made it out to be in history there were certain dead man spots where like nobody was fighting like them laying in the grass with no one fighting that happened a lot the the, the fighting was concentrated in different parts of 
France along that um, along the trenches. Uh, so a lot of the war wasn't this massive, dirty, grunky crap, but uh, just tail ends of the war were. But their way of just, if you look at the historical footage of those actual trenches and where they shot it, you got to give it to 1917, and for me personally. Um, yeah. That's where I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it just out of hope. I think Hollywood's going to win, but um, me... I'm going to go 1917 for those reasons. I just got off way off topic, but there you go. <laughs> I mean, I seriously agree. 1917 really deserves it. And I watched a uh, IMDb featurette on the making of 1917. And man, they all the trenches, all the stuff, they made all that, man. Like that, that takes a lot of work, a lot of design. And just to make the one take look in that entire production, it was just amazing. And speaking of Christopher Nolan, I know I'm not the only one excited for Tenet. That's coming up this year. Yeah, boy. And, uh, what was that? Hey, I, what, did y'all think of, what did y'all think of a uh, lighthouse production design? Can you let us get to that, AJ? My God, Damn, man! Damn, man! Right. Ooh, oh, I had a whole speech for the lighthouse. <laughs> you just burst his bubble and he got pissed off. All right, my all right. God. Hold on, hold on, firecracker. <laughs> hold on now. <laughs> all right, AJ. Or Ryan blows a gasket. No Shit. podcast just blows up. Ryan, what is your pick for production design? I'm guessing it has something to do with lighthouse yet. Was <laughs> on the list, AJ. <sighs> okay. Don't nut over this is going to be kind of biased. It's going to be kind of biased. Uh, Chris, you made a bunch of very good and valid points about 1917. And I give it a lot of credit for that. I do. But I, dude, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I'm going to give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but 1917 is a close second runner-up. Without a doubt, I would say, dude, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just really entrapped you in the 1960s. Like I said, with the costume and outfits and all that shit, this, or hair design, whatever it was, this is going to be, it's just fantastic. Every single little piece. I watched a mini doc on how Tarantino filmed all the ra- the car turning around the corner scenes, and they're just fucking fantastic. But yeah, I choose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's Tarantino's shot, man. He loves it. Now, I, I gotta say, though, didn't hear anything about the lighthouse. What's going on? You blew up on us, Red Bull Ryan, <laughs> and then you didn't even talk about the thing that you got yeah, pissed off about. What about lighthouse, man? Ryan. Uh oh. Sounds like both him and AJ got disconnected. Well, oh no no, I'm sorry, I had to turn it off real quick. Someone was at my door, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um AJ probably lagged out. That's what happened to me before. You didn't you didn't have anything to say about Lighthouse though? Dude, Lighthouse isn't even on the list. Alright, but you blew you blew a gasket on AJ. Yeah, because I was gonna talk about it in the cinematography. Oh man, we're getting there. I know photography has nothing to do with the. Well, it does have something to do with the. Oh, you guys are busting my whole bubble right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into cinematography then. Starting with our nominees for you cinematography. Can we go to Ryan first, is... please? Huh? <laughs> can we go to Ryan first, please, so we can <laughs> get it out? <laughs> I'll, I'll, let it, I'll let him go first. But we're starting cinematography with 1917, The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right, Ryan. You know the drill. Go ahead, man. Cinematography. You got me loose now. Bro, cinematography is going straight to the lighthouse. That movie was fucking gorgeous. Every single shot was meticulously thought. Wait, am I saying that right? Anyway, yes, I'm saying it right. Meticulously thought and planned out. Every single scene, even when he was fucking a mermaid, was gorgeous. I'm sorry. I never thought I'd say that about a guy. What? It, what? You, you Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> We're going to get into this. Anyway, the l- final shot of uh, Robert Pattinson laying down butt-ass naked. Dude, it spoke waves to me personally. <laughs> Chris, don't fucking start right now. This movie is great. I love the cinematography, but I'm going to give it to 1917. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> I am so very sorry. Did you just say you're giving it to 1917 and you went on this yes. whole big tirade <laughs> of the lighthouse? Yes. So yes. wait, you went on a big old tirade for nothing, essentially. What no, you're saying. I just wanted to express my emotional appeal to the lighthouse, but 1917 deserves to win. I'm sorry. Yes. That is my final case. I plead um, not guilty. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> I think that 1917 has the best shot. But I do think Lighthouse has a good chance just for that aspect ratio. And not to mention, I mean, not aside from the shots, just the look of the movie. Those rich blacks and whites and those lenses used in that movie. You know, you guys, did you know it was actually shot in Scion? And that's how they actually yes. went with the black and white look. It's crazy. He removed the magenta from the lens. So I love when filmmakers get creative with the looks. Love the aspect ratio. I love that it's a, an old lens. And I just, I love the look of that movie. <clears throat> it's got such rich blacks and whites. And it's so dark. And oh man, I, I really had a good time with the lighthouse. So I'm, I'm kind of pulling for lighthouse. But I think they might give it to 1917. All right, AJ, uh, since you're signed in twice, I'll go to you next. What you thinking, man? Okay. Okay. Hold on. I can actually go Okay. Um, <laughs> Chris, what you thinking, man? Uh, I think it's a close... It's going to be like a tie between The Lighthouse and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I I could see the appeal for both. Night... Bro, AJ, I can hear myself. I muted AJ. Continue. I can hear I can hear the arguments for both the lighthouse and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think they're both excellently shot, and you have to do a lot of prep in order to shoot the way that they did in Lighthouse. And Tarantino always does a lot of prep with his shots. He's very meticulous. He knows exactly what he wants. He gets it, and he does it seamlessly. Um, but my Hello pick, there. I'm just going to go with Tarantino. Uh, uh, the lighthouse is cool. I really do like the cinematography, but Tarantino just does it for him. It's just, I, I look forward to Tarantino films just for 
the music, the acting, and the way he shoots it is just ingrained in me. So I'm gonna pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? All right, all right. Go ahead. Not, Once Upon a Time. All right, all right. Fine. Thought you were gonna go with 1917 picking... with us. No, I because I I uh, no because it doesn't scream like the cinematography is great, but I think like I think too many people are gonna it's gonna go gimmicky on on some that that writers article really kind of left me thinking if that i'm trying to think how the people who voted for these things are thinking when i make my decisions and and then if i don't agree with them i i make my own personal judgment call i don't think that once upon a time in hollywood's gonna uh gonna win it i think lighthouse is but i want to see tarantino and once upon a time in hollywood so for my favorite it's once upon a time um, I gotta oh, say, my favorite was man, but hey, I, I get it. Once Upon has a, a great shot selection per usual. Tarantino is a fantastic with that. Now, I got we gotta move into the sound category, and I just want to remind people that sound editing and sound mixing are two different categories, folks. Sound Wait, editing is the recording. Describe the difference for me. Yeah, yeah. So, sound editing is like the recording and the creations of the sound on screen. So think a lightsaber sound effect. Um, the way the T-Rex's voice was made in Jurassic yeah. Park was a baby what elephant, alligator, and tiger. That's what I don't fully understand. What? What about sound mixing? sound mixing? Sound mixing is how well those sounds are blended together. So think dialogue, music, sound effects, everything when you're watching a movie that involves sound. How well is it okay. blended together? So in Mad Max, you know, when you hear the revving engines with those screaming electric guitars on top of it, how well does that mix together, which that actually got 2016? Very well deserved. But think of how well that all blends together versus sound okay. editing being the actual sounds themselves. Right, <clears> that's always kind of confused me. Okay, that makes more sense now. So now for sound editing, the nominees are Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, 1917, once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Chris, I'm going to go to you first, man. Who do you think has it for sound editing? Dude, I'm picking Rise of Skywalker all the way. And here's why. Um, absolutely not The Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to go with... Oh, I thought you were serious. Jerk. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were serious. Dude, I'm like eating and I'm listening. I'm like, wow, he's really going to fucking amaze me with this. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Once Upon a Time. Uh, they 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 ah. hallmark because they they go back to a an era of television that a lot of us weren't. I wasn't around for none of you guys seen, but they did a good job of capturing that and making it sound like the damn '60s. I just have to give it to so I have to give it I have to give it that edge. I love those little little things of of commercials you hear in the background and those little adverts where they shot those little bumper promos for the shows in the 50s and the black and white i mean you got the sound and the dun, 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 all that trumpet you gotta do you gotta give it some somebody knew what the hell they were doing <laughs> i'm sorry. sorry you said we haven't seen those shows i i, I beg to differ buddy i definitely watched Gunsmoke. smoke oh right well, not yeah. in its heyday so i'm saying not in its heyday okay, when it so. came out okay yeah fair i'm like hold on dog now i, I like no, me some westerns it, bro yeah we had <laughs> TV Land and Nick at Night, which was great, which was, Maverick. you know, I watched that. Uh, right. Wanted Dead or Alive. Bonanza. Bonanza. Fistful of dollars for movies. 
Good, bad, ugly, so, anybody, anyone? <laughs> yes, I've seen those all. Spaghetti westerns. Spaghetti. Okay, but yes. Yeah, that's my, time in Hollywood, my pick. Your pick. All right, well. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm okay, go that's cool. I mean. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if Joker won this? Um, I would be very upset. That's different. I'm just saying. I think I'd laugh if Joker won this. Wait, I, I thought we were doing sound editing. Right. Uh, we are. Are we doing sound editing? Okay. Yeah, we're doing sound editing. Who's your choice? Okay. Uh, on here way too much. I might just have to choose 1917 on this one. Um, just everything with the sound, I feel like was perfect with 1917. Um, Joker. Don't even care about that. Um, 4v Ferrari is probably my runner-up um, for sound editing. Um, Star Wars, I love Star Wars with all my heart, but I don't think it deserves to be on this. Um, so it's going to be 1917 for me. Yeah, I think Star Wars, we're used to those sounds. You know, it's nothing new, nothing really refreshing. We love them. We get excited when we hear them, but it's nothing new. It's not. So even JJ can't reboot the sounds of Star Wars, <laughs> right? And I think 1917 has some very <laughs> interesting man. Look, I think 1917 has some interesting sound effects that get you just the anxiety really pumping in your bloodstream as you're watching the movie. I mean, just wow! You really don't want the main character to die. And uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. The guy who I kind of thought was going to be our main dude just killed in the first 20 minutes. So it's like, hell. You, 20, you but yeah, it's kind of jarring. I yeah, like it, that, though. I'm per- I didn't. And a guy who analyzes the shit out of everything, I didn't see that one coming. Nope. I didn't see that yeah, coming. That I knew one of them. I, dude, I knew one of them wasn't going to make it, but I didn't think it was that character. They did I a really good was... job of not th- not giving away their hand. What do you mean? In all the trailers, there was always the guy that survived at the end of the movie by himself. But that's always the trick to me. I always kind of leave myself going, nah, just because they, they show right, they that. They, they, I mean, it doesn't, oh, no. you know, speaking I of a curveball. I died, but I don't think I, I was so immersed. I think I was so immersed. I just didn't, I was watching it for real. And then when it happened, I was like, I fucking actually reacted like legitimately. You're like, oh, fuck. Right. Now what? <laughs> oh, right. shit got real. Shit got real. All right, Ryan, who you picking for sound editing? Dude, I gotta give it to Ford v Ferrari. The racing scenes are phenomenal. Just phenomenal. The sound of the engines and all that were just insane. The zoom, 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 zoom was... (laughs) I I sound like a five-year-old trying to describe this. (laughs) But just the way the cars were passing each other like 100 miles an hour were just insane. It really made me feel like I was in the crowd listening to these cars just speeding against each other and dude they're there's fucking scary sounds dude they made my palms sweaty like a mother trucker so the, i just gotta get to the sound editing thing. that made you scared dude i've been in many many non-car accidents and dude i live in new york city i almost get hit by a car every single day 
All right. Well, it kind of gave me a different reaction, so that's why I asked. Was he hit by a car going 25 miles an hour? <laughs> um, 10 miles an hour? <laughs> okay, you just made it worse, bro. <laughs> you know what? This is why I stopped talking to you, Chris. Is it? Oh, if we finally know. We finally know why. You hurt my feelings, man. Sorry, Red Bull Ryan. I apologize that you can't get your shit together. I'm just trying to enjoy my food in peace. Four versus Ferrari. Not a bad pick. That would. I I think 1917 has it, but if anybody can kind of sneak up on him, I think it would be Ford versus Ferrari, just because of the the mini. The, the engine sounds, the racing, just everything in that movie. Just wonderfully sounding, like amazing. I, I, I really enjoy yeah. Fur versus Ferrari. I think it's kind of underrated. They're all good. <clears throat> yeah, Leo, you're right. Man. But I think they all have something, except for Joker. They all bring yeah. something unique. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. I have to I have to say, like, I watched The Rise of Skywalker. I thought it sounded cool. It always it sounds cool. Absolutely. Star Wars always sounds cool to me. So it's good. But, you know, how many people in the Academy are going to go on nostalgia? These guys are more bigger pricks than me about films, let me tell you. Oh, so, yeah. We know. So you ha- you kind of, I think, you know, I'm going for a nostalgia pick for Once Upon a Time, but I think you guys are right. I think 19, you know, 17 is probably the deserving one of it. All right. So we'll move into sound mixing next. Now, guys, remember, this is the blend of all the sounds. We've got Ad Astra. Ford versus Ferrari, which I think this kind of Ford versus Ferrari might have this, but then we have Joker, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Chris, I'm gonna start with you, man. What you thinking for sound I'm with mixing? Ad Astra, and I'm surprised it's not on this list for other shit. It's a great film. I love it. Two to the stars is what Ad Astra means, by the way. Uh, it's a great film. Thank you for telling me that. Uh, it it reminds me of Interstellar a little bit in some ways. Um, if I'm if I'm making comparisons, I don't want to call it that necessarily. But there are moments of like silence, and there are, there are moments of like this just beautiful soundtrack overlaid. It, it's just for me. I thought it, it, it looking at that list, it, it it can't be Once Upon a Time again. Uh, I'm just really surprised. It, I'm just really surprised Ad Astra is on the list, and I, it's one of the films that are on these lists that I've seen multiple, multiple, multiple times just because I love it. I'm not just a space nerd, but I just think it's it's just really good. Um, you, If you watch it, watch it multiple times. There's so much things you can learn. They're on When they're on the moon and they're firing their space guns at each other, I know that sounds really corny when I'm laying it out, but the whole scene is intense as shit. You hear the, ah, 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 and then you hear like these, and then you hear nothing because it, the, 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 you're looking outside and it's no atmosphere. So there's no sound reverberating. So then you go right back into the breathing and it's, it's mixed so seamlessly. You just, you have to give it a little bit of a, of a nod. It deserves to win an award at something. So if my pick is, is uh, Ad Astra. You know, I kind of forgot Ad Astra was on this list and you make a good point. It is blended very well. 1917. Yeah. Is another good one. I just think Ford versus Ferrari with them cars, man, and the music and I love you know, it. The dialogue blending over it when it would, you know, when it comes back and forth to uh, the race and outside of the race, them talking. Like I just think there's so many sounds mixed together in that movie. But Ad Astra definitely has a good chance. It really does. So in, in space movies and especially creating quiet. 
is like an accomplishment. So Ooh. it could very well go to Ad Astra. Ryan, what are you thinking for sound mixing? So I want Ad Astra to win. Everything Chris said was pretty much right. The entire film is actually pretty quiet in general. There's not a whole lot of talking. It's a lot of facial acting, if that makes sense. And honestly, I really love Ad Astra. And it got snubbed so hard at the Oscars this year. I really wanted to win this one because I think this is the only one it's been nominated for. It is the only one it's been nominated for. That's that's oh, that is that is a that's pissed. That pissed me off. Yeah, I'm so pissed. This movie needs to win this category, but I feel like they're gonna be assholes and go with Ford v Ferrari. But I really want Ed Astra to win because I love the film so much. That's a, a movie that I feel belongs on this list a lot more. AJ, did I get to you? Nope. <laughs> All right, man. Sound mixing. <laughs> Don't be... Hey, man. Um, there's a lot of these. All right. And anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I haven't watched Ad Astra yet, so I can't talk on that. Oh, but get on it. I, I will, especially the way you um talked about it. I think um having the comparison with Interstellar, I thought was pretty cool. So I'm definitely going to check that out. I really love Interstellar. Um, but I do want to talk about what you said about quiet. I feel like some the best thing you can do with like sound mixing, sound editing, all of that is to what is it called? Um, have that anticipation. Um, with quiet, yeah. I think Quiet Place has like a perfect example for it. Um, yeah, oh yeah, the, the quietness just holds your anticipation until it like. It just comes at you and you're scared instantly. It makes you like hold your breath pretty much. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that is the perfect way to use sound mixing, which is ironic because it's sound mixing and you don't hear anything. But um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with 1917. I just feel like everything that was mixed in together within 1917, I thought was done perfectly. Um, I, you okay over there? All righty. You all right? I dropped my cell phone. Okay. Anyway, uh, once upon a time in 1917, I feel like it's going to sweep the entire Oscars. Um, but I'm going to choose 1917 for sound mixing. I think 1917 has a good a good chance. I got to go with Ad Astra. I really think that it deserves it. And yeah. 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 Lack of sound causes claustrophobia for sure. All right. Next up, actor in a supporting role. We've got Brad Pitt. For Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Al Pacino, The Irishman, Joe Pesci as well for The Irishman, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. AJ, what you thinking for actor in a supporting role? First of all, I'm sorry. Um, fuck Al Pacino. Fuck Joe Pesci. Just for this. Just, just. Just, just, just. Let me finish just with this um, nomination here. I don't care. Um, I could have picked. I could have picked whoa. two other actors um, to replace them, but I'm going to choose Tom Hanks for um, best supporting role. Um, Who I just would feel you like replace he... them with. Yeah, out of curiosity, go for it. <laughs> God, can I think of that? 
Nope. I can't think you on got that. Some time. Nope. You got some time. Ryan, don't control I can this podcast. Me. You got time. Just give me like. Just, oh, just I hope so. Like, yeah, you think think about it, AJ. Give me, really give me, give me about it. Hard about <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Right. Was it sporting? Okay. Um. Wow. Wow, that's a great list. <laughs> why are you being? <laughs> why are you being like this, Ryan? Huh? Anyway, I'm, I would choose. I would choose Chris, um, Christian Bell as um, supporting role, or I mean, and I would choose. Uh, uh, Christian Bell should be on the list. Um, Christian Bell should be William William, De- William Defoe for Lighthouse. I would choose those two over mm. Joe Pesci and Al Pacino. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to fucking agree with you, bro. Yeah, man, I I really agree with that. That's those are some good picks. Oh, you're, you, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because <laughs> Will I just, Defoe I just, did. Amazing. I just feel like Defoe did a did a good job. I I just feel like the Irishman is super overhyped. It's just a little ho- It's a little overhyped. Yeah. You're right. Um, but that's Dang, that's Ryan? my hate for the Irishman. Um. I recently just watched Two Popes yesterday, and I thought Anthony Hopkins did a freaking amazing job in The Two Popes. Um, but I feel like Tom Hanks should win um, Best Supporting Role, but I know they're going to choose Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that's kind of the like leading here. The The lead here is definitely Brad Pitt, I feel like he's going to be chosen. But man, I would have loved to see Will Defoe in this category. Al Pacino uh, and I'm Joe agreeing. Pesci are great, but you could even, if they had to have one of them, you could knock one out and, and then just sub in Will Defoe at least. Yeah, knock, man, Joe, knock, was, dude, knock Joe knock, Pesci out. Knock Joe Pesci out, right? He yeah, was, his character was just, yeah, he could have been anybody, but Al Pacino was actually playing a real person. Yeah, so it's like who, okay. who existed. He was playing a he was playing a character. I thought he did a really good job of playing Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, I loved. Man, I, I, I know I, you guys I, I agree with him on the, on the list. End. Irishman, Irishman. I, I was I was a little too harsh when I said fuck him. I don't really mean fuck Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hold on. I, bro. Just, I just meant for that. I love Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. I just meant for this year's um supporting role. I don't I didn't want them to be on the list, but that that's all. That's all I'm gonna say right there. I came a little too strong on that one. All right, Chris. Just a tad bit. No worries. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Just a tad bit. Chris, I'm gonna pass the baton to you, sir. Who you thinking for actor and a supporting? All right. So I, wait. Who are we going to? Who is it? <laughs> Chris. Yo, which white guy you want to talk <laughs> Chris. <about>? Chris. <laughs> okay. I like Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Uh, I don't think that was it. I don't, I like his portrayal of, um, Rogers, Fred Rogers, Fred Rogers, but I, I don't, I don't think that it was good enough. Uh, Pesci doesn't deserve to be on here. Uh, I never saw the Popes. Don't care to see it. Al Pacino thought oh, he did great. Actually... It, I, I think he did a great job playing Jimmy Hoffa. Brad Pitt's character was a man of few words. 
So it's really hard for me to say, I, I love Cliff Booth. I thought he was pretty cool. And at the end, I loved him even more. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to do some de devil shit or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I, was like, I just fucking love the guy. So it's really hard for me. But I'm going to go with Brad Pitt. All right. Pitt. You know, I, I got it. I, I really, I, I predict him. But, like, I'm hoping it's Tom Hanks, man. Like off this list, I'm hoping for I'm pulling for Tom. Now, if you haven't seen oh, Two Tom. Popes, man, you got to check it out. I know it sounds and looks boring, but it's actually a it's really so dialogue-driven so movie, and it's just well done. Like Anthony Hopkins and um, Jonathan Price just do such a great job in that movie. And what I love about the movie is there's no like CGI trying to make them young. It's like actual young actors as the young versions of them. Unlike what they oh, did good. in Irishman. I appreciate so. that. Oh, what they did in Irishman was oh holy <laughs> uncanny <Horrible>. valley <laughs> shit. Oh, that, that was terrible. That was... Oh my god, I I look down sometimes. I'm like, ooh, you should be embarrassed. <laughs> embarrassed. What are you doing? It's embarrassing. You right. You made Goodfellas. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Throw in some guys in the past. Come on. Just talking to you, going, hey, you know what we should do, hey, Martin? With the agent with the uh, uh, MCU shit. Yeah, let's do that, Martin. Come on. <laughs> but you said you never direct an MCU movie, so not too much. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. not too much. Ryan, what you thinking, man? I'm going to be real with you guys. This is like the first hard list for me to like choose from just because I love Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. I adore Joe Pesci. I adore Tom Hanks. Al Pacino is a hit or miss for me. And so is Anthony Hopkins. But uh, so I'm going to take Anthony and Al out of the list for, for this pick. But honestly, I would say Joe Pesci, but dude, the, the CGI, the... <laughs> The de-aging just throws me off. I can't. So I'm going to give it to Brad Pitt. I'm going to give it to Brad Pitt. I did the mystery man that he plays in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as Cliff Booth. Not Cliff Booth. Um, Cliff Booth. No, no, no. Uh, the Leo DiCaprio's character's name. I forgot his name. What was his name again? Dalton. Rick Dalton. Yeah, Rick Dalton. He played the perfect right-hand man to Rick Dalton. And it was just fantastic. So I'm going to go with Brad Pitt in a supporting role. I mean, quick guys do you think his character killed his wife the third time i watched it i'm like no nah, he killed her <laughs> yeah he did no that fucking guy just went uh stop. <laughs> he just went stop talking like stop talking please and then he's dead he went shut the fuck up i'm girl. just, shut just the curious fuck how up. you guys feel because i i don't know i think he, he probably her. did kill her oh yeah i think he did kill her for sure i gotta watch that movie again but i i thought he yeah, did on the I'm first watch oh, it's it again it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, it's Fucking so one of my good. favorite Quentin. One of my favorite Quentin movies, to be honest. I'm in love with it. <laughs> Definitely. What's What's your ranking for Quentin Tarantino? My that's a whole nother show. Ooh, that's yeah, a whole nother show, show, bro. I just we'll want do... you to list them. You don't have to explain okay, why. I'll list okay, them. All right. All right. We'll go around we'll real, quick, real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Okay. 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 All right, Chris. I'll start with you, man. These are for our dogs. First one, and then we'll do our, our top fiction. three. Let's do top three to make okay. It top Reservoir three. Dogs, Pulp Fiction, mm. and oh, uh, 
Jit, this is tough, bro. Judging. Can I even put once? Can I put once upon a time in there? Because I really yeah, loved really. it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know why you can't put it yeah. in your list. But no, yeah, I think, sure, put I think those three. I think. I think. I think those three are good. I think Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Uh, I don't know. I really loved uh, True Romance, though. But he didn't direct it. He just no, wrote, it. wrote it. Wow. You don't say. Okay, I'm going with those three right there. All right, let's hear it from you, Ryan. Reservoir Dogs. Top three, not in any order. Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, someone actually likes Hateful Eight other than me? Oh, I stop love talking. the Hateful Eight when I saw it. His best. It's not his best, but I <laughs> like it. It's not his best, but it's one of his best. Mm-hmm. For, it, it, I, I forgot Inglorious Bastards. God damn it, I love that <laughs> film. All right, uh, AJU. All right, now in no order, it's Pulp Fiction, Django, and Inglorious Bastards. Oh, fucking Django! Shit! No, <laughs> See, we can't, Django. we can't do this. This is like all his movies. All his I know, fucking movies are my favorite. Every single movie. All his movies are good. That's the problem. What bad movie has he done? Name it. Him and Martin Scorsese. Never made like a really bad movie. All right, so I gotta go. Chris Nolan. I gotta go. Oh my god, him too. I gotta go. Pulp Fiction, um, Inglorious Bastards, and this is in no order. And kill me for this one, but Kill Bill Volume One. That motherfucker oh. was great. What about the Kill Bill fucking shit. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Dude, it's not fair. It's, it's like so when hard. someone says, it's "Pick your so favorite song." Hard. Well, it depends on a whole lot of factors here, buddy. Yeah, it's Jack, so tough. Jackie like, Brown was pretty good too. No one yeah, ever talked about that. This was just no one. It, it, was, it, it, it was. It was. good. Yeah, it's it's hard. Because there's a so mood. All right, guys, we're going to bring it back to the Oscars. All right, let's go back to the nominations. We're going to bring it back to the Oscar nominations, but we're going to have to have, like, a Tarantino, like, debate discussion soon. All right, we're going moving on to animated feature film, which I'm sure is a category we've seen every single movie in, right, guys? How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, which is a Netflix original, Klaus, another Netflix original, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Um, AJ, since I heard nope. you say I'm out. Nope. I'm out. Oh no, that was you. that was you, Chris. Since I heard nope. you say a nope, I'm trying to. I haven't seen. I haven't seen first. any of them. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> You're, out. You're out. You're out, dog. <laughs> when did Into the Spider Verse come out? Because that's not Last fucking there. When did that come out? 2018. Oh, dizzy! That was that long ago. Holy shit! I'm old. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm out. That was definitely the best of that year. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna save you. I'll wait, hold on. I'm gonna save you guys the pain and suffering because I've only seen Toy Story on this list. <laughs> All right, and I, I'm definitely predicting Toy Story. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're all predicting Damn. Toy Story. Okay, I um, I didn't see Missing Link, and I didn't see How to Train Your Dragon. I did see I Lost My Body and Klaus and Toy Story Four. Um, I'm going to choose Toy Story Four. Everybody's <laughs> going to choose Toy Story Four. Um, but I will say, you guys should go watch I Lost My Body and Klaus. I think those two animated movies are really good. The thing and is, we'll see. The- the Academy has always had a hard on for the Toy Story movies too. I mean, I'm they're pre- good. They're great. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like, dude, they they've won every single animated feature because they're good. That yeah, hey, they're good. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I don't think Toy Story three did. I think Toy Story three did in two thousand, the two thousand eleven or two thousand, whichever you mm, want to consider. Did it win? I'm pretty oh, sure it, did, it won. It did. It won. I'm going to that up. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, hell, so I, I'm pretty confident good. Toy Story is gonna win. 
Chris, see. I will say Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best animated movie of all time. Chicago. Yep, it's up. It's definitely in the it's top three. Up there, yeah. By Bro, the I way, can't wait Ryan, to talk about visual uh, effects with you guys. Toy Story 2 did not win. Toy- okay. I thought it was Toy Story 1 that didn't win. What was I- nominated? Oh, Toy-, Toy Story, the original, sw- dude, Swag. got so much fucking awards. Yeah, I think I'm just going crazy. But I don't. I know most... Of the- a lot of them out of the three won. So two out of the, out of the three were two wasn't even nominated. Uh, for yeah, it was nominated for song. I think. Okay, that's not even how hard it is out. to get a sequel into the Oscars. Well, they got a, a quadruple into the Oscars. <laughs> quadruple. All right. Quadruple. Well, once you're an established, easy. I just franchise, said, Do you know how hard it is. <laughs> All right, yeah. we're moving into. Visual effects, and I'm looking for this one to be kind of divisive here. I mean, this is a pretty stacked up category. Besides the Irishman, that should definitely be out. Um, which, yeah, all right, here's, yep. here's a category. Jesus, the Irishman, right, dude? The I'm Irishman, like, has Irishman, so many get for the no reason. fuck out of here. Visual effects? Are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit! All right, so we got Terminator Avengers. on here. We've got Avengers: <laughs> Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King. In 1917. Now, I also want to say some things got really snubbed here. Alita Battle Angel. Like, all right, Never maybe it. didn't do great in the box office, but it was fantastic visually. Fantastic. I mean, I mean, almost groundbreaking, y'all, like la- Avatar level. That I don't know how that got passed up. Avatar gave me Star a headache. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you watched it in 3D, didn't you? Oh yeah, I, I did, and I will never IMAX. watch another Avatar movie again in my life. 3D is garbage. I hate it so much. Y'all, y'all can go to hell. But I will say this: <laughs> I'll effects. save you a seat, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to Ryan. I've been eating first in a while, man. What you thinking for visual effects? Um, I like you said, fuck the Irishman. It shouldn't be on this list. I didn't think it was a bad movie, but visual effects. Come, come on. Get get your ass out of your ears, man. Or you get your shit and replace that. Honestly, I'd say Star Wars. Personally, I would replace Irishman. But um, like like I was saying, be, between two, Avengers Endgame and The Lion King. But I don't do we would would you guys consider The Lion King a visual effects movie? It is a one hundred percent visual. It effect. is okay. Yeah, it is. I, okay. Yeah, all the lions so, and everything are CGI. So except for the first scene. Yeah, fuck. Shut the shut the fuck up. So, what was it? The other day, have you guys ever heard of the YouTube channel Visual Effects Artists React? Yep. Yes. So, they just did an episode with one of the visual effect presidents of the one of, I think it was Wetwork Studios or some shit for Avengers Endgame. It's fucking insane, so I have to go with Avengers Endgame. The movie is insane. If you watch how they shot the final scene compared to what it looks like on the screen, 85% of everything you see on the screen is all visual effects, by the way. It's insane, and I love Avengers Endgame for that reason, so I'm going to give it to Avengers Endgame, personally. Yeah, I don't think there are too many others on here that can, but, I mean, there are a few that I think got snubbed. Um, Detective Pikachu... Mm-hmm. Like, come on! You mean to tell me that can get a nomination? That that recreated Pokemon into like real life, and it looked real and believable. The Irishman should definitely be booed out. Hobbs and Shaw, like, come on, Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep. 
there were some really good looking movies out there that could have been nominated for this and I don't know. They just they they missed the mark on this one. Uh, Chris, what you thinking for visual effects, man? This is shallow, and you're right. I'll agree with you. I'll say it. the Irishman shouldn't be on here. Ryan's comments about the Avengers Endgame and and how they put together it, it's it. I agree with him, except for if you're going to say that, then you can say that about the Lion King. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if you want to talk about who did it better of blending live action with the visual effects on this list. That would have to be Avengers, but then you go back to 1917. You think about the visual effects that they had in camera that had to go off once and had to work once and only once. There was no oopsie daisies. As a filmmaker, I'm going 1917. Avengers Endgame is a close second. There's no oopsie daisies. <laughs> and a oop, oopsie daisies. Oopsie Daisy, I blew an actor's hand off. Let's reset. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, nope. coming to you next, man. Visual effects, what you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame. Um, I, damn it. I don't know. Um, Avengers Endgame, just like Ryan says, basically 85% visual effects, which is incredible. Um, but Lion King was basically 99% visual effects. Um, 1917 visual effects were great. You could not mess up just like, um, Chris said, you could not mess up with 1917. Uh, but I think they're going to choose Lion King for visual effects. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to choose Lion King. Okay. So your prediction is Lion King. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm just like, um, it has a good chance. <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm thinking, you know, other movies like Maleficent, Rambo, Godzilla, King of the Monsters didn't even get in there, man. Like, yeah, I said, uh, mm-hmm. this is Leo, a you should say category. The Irishman just so we can fill up the list. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going definitely with Avengers Endgame. I mean, there's, the, I look at this list and I'm just like, what? Movie blends visual effects really well into a live action environment in game. I mean, it's just, it, it, and not to mention it's the last of the Avengers. It deserves an Oscar, man. Come on, give it something. All right, let's yeah, move on to our screenplay on. categories. And I'm coming to you first for both of these, Chris. Now, for original screenplay, we have 1917 <laughs> with Sam Mendez and Christy Wilson Cairns, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, Marriage Story, Nora Bombach. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, Parasite, Boom, John Ho, and Han Jun Wan. Who are you thinking, Chris? Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, it's it's a landslide for me. Uh, marriage Story, great story. Um, uh, I haven't seen the Parasite one, and I can't even pronounce the damn names of the people who wrote it. Um, <laughs> Bong Jun Ho. <laughs> Um, Say it with me, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take away. <laughs> just quit trying to say it. <laughs> I don't want to take away credit <laughs> from Sam Mendez. Uh, he's a good screenwriter, but you know they are adapting it from an actual event. It's a little. Uh, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's kind of easier. Quentin Tarantino pulled that shit out of his ass as a as a screenwriter myself. Um, it's harder to pull it out of your ass and make it work as well as he continuously does as you guys obviously heard our little rant 
earlier about Tarantino films. <laughs> so obviously my pick is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino is just at the top of his game. He Tarantino is the is what Daniel Day Lewis is the acting. Okay. Here right now, the best we got, the best there ever will be, probably. That's a origin from originality standpoint. <laughs> okay. I mean, you just got it. Who's doing it? Who other than Quentin Tarantino is doing original films and knocking them out of the park all Chris the time? Nolan. Yep, all the time, all the time, bro. Name a Nolan movie. He that hasn't bad. had the long. Okay, he hasn't had the longevity that Tarantino has. Okay, so. there we go. Yeah, okay. that's fair. It, it when all things are said and done, yeah, he's the you know. He can come up and, and knock it out of the park. I I love Nolan. Don't get me wrong, but Nolan does it for me differently than Tarantino does. It's yeah. a different they, side. They of totally different styles. But uh, there is something about Nolan. I love the. Uh, he's he's just as as eccentric as Tarantino is, and you got it. There's something about that for me. Uh, they're passionate about it. They're fucking. They're fans of film of making. Film. They are. They really are. They're, they're just genuinely your, fans. First and your, foremost, they don't uh, care about anything. So. What what film what Nolan film did you start with? Um, for me it was I Memento. Think my it was Memento. I didn't really know Chris Nolan at the time. But what really got me with Chris Nolan was Batman Begins. Oh, so and then what really man. set him apart for me as I got mature and I saw The Dark Knight. And then when I realized that what he was trying to do with the genre and then putting Batman on top of it. And seeing how those two could co 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 uh god dude collate well with each other, so uh, good. a crime action thriller with Batman and the Joker mixed in is perfect. Um, but the way he just shot the shit out of it, it's just for me, it's and the just talking to listen to the get the man talk about film and listen to people who talk with him and listen to the actors talk about him. Man, it's a filmmaker. It's what you strive for. You want to want those actors filmmaker. to be to be want to say that stuff about you. So I'm like, yeah, I threw my hat down to, to, to Christopher Nolan. I throw my hat down to Quentin Tarantino. But they do have completely different styles, and they do bring out completely different passions for me when it comes to storytelling. It's just there's a fun, awesome way that Tarantino tells a story, but there's also a dark way he tells it. Nolan also has that same dark tone, but he also has – he also he goes outside the box a little bit more. Right with the the visuals, I think with the camera movements and stuff like that, and adding special effects. Uh, uh, Tarantino's not an effects uh, heavy guy. I think Nolan's found a way to use it like sparingly. Like if you look at the the windows and all the scenes are they're they're green screened out. You know, you got practical sets mixed with using the tool of CGI as it's supposed to be used as a tool, not like we'll make your whole movie out of it. No, it's no. You're just supposed to use it a little bit here, a little bit there to enhance it. Uh, David Fincher does the same thing. A lot of his movie backgrounds that's complete fake the snow and all that shit in in uh in most of his uh and what was it girl with the dragon tattoo it's all fake it's not there they, he adds he adds little so things well in done. and uses it for its right for the right tool is supposed to be used and I, you just got to say something about both those two but uh just i could talk about it all day man man david fincher i remember seeing seven for the first time man oh man. what a movie dude right all right uh, now, right. I got to agree with you, man. Out of this list, I'm thinking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but wow, Knives Out sandwiched its way in. That was a surprisingly good movie to me. Now, it did have a lot I'm of I'm not really giving good... Ryan Johnson any goddamn credit. All right, we're nope. not going to go into The Last Jedi stuff, but come on. His other movies? 
other movies. He's only done three. Come on. Did the you Bruce like Willis? Flick. You don't like Looper? Uh, Gordon Levitt movie. Bloom. He did. He ruined Star Wars, and then he made Knives Out. Come on, Looper, bro. You don't like Looper? Bert. Nah. Was incomplete, incoherent, bad pacing. No, no. <laughs> and Brick, come on, Brick was dope. Ah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go to you next, Ryan. Wait, we started with you. <laughs> no, you, you gotta go. You right, started with on, me. Ryan. Go to come Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> what you thinking for screenplay, for I, for I, uh, I don't know. Chris, we, we disagree right now. Ryan Johnson, dope. No, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm so I'm not pushing it. Guys, <laughs> go to AJ or I'm, something. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this conversation real quick. I'm gonna save this conversation. You so knives out and once upon a time are both really good original screenplays, along with Parasite and 1917. Crazy, right? I know they're all great. Original screenplay. I, I think uh, Chris would disagree with me on Knives Out, but that's besides the point. I am a sucker for whodunits, so I really liked Knives Out, and but I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the same time. So this is this is the one category which I had a real hard time going back and forth with Knives Out or Once Upon a Time. There was even a time when I was considering Parasite. But I feel like because Parasite is going to win the best international film, I feel like that's the only award it's going to get, in my opinion. So I narrowed it down to Knives Out and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And just because I'm a sucker for whodunits, I'm going to say Knives Out. I thought the movie was awesome. I thought the cast was fantastic. I thought it was really well written. That was the one thing I did like about Star Wars, The Rise of... Not The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> the Last Jedi. I thought it was a well-written movie, just didn't fit into the Star Wars universe. Um, but the character interactions were great. Every character is unique in their own different ways, written to perfection. Sure, there was a few characters like the, the grandchildren that kind of really had no role in this film. But other than that, everyone else felt pretty necessary to be in this film. And one other, one other little gripe I'll give you is when they introduced the quote-unquote killer of the film, I kind of guessed who it was, but the performances, especially from Daniel Craig, were fantastic. And I don't know if you guys heard this, but the, uh, Ryan Johnson is writing a sequel, not sequel, to this film where it will follow Daniel Craig's character going through different mysteries, yeah, so I can't wait. wait for that. So I'm going to go with Knives Out personally, but Once Upon a Time is like neck and neck with it. So I'm going to choose Knives Out. I'm so glad to hear somebody had Knives Out on the barbecue. I loved it when I I came out, man. Yeah, it's so good, man. Such a great original story and a great whodunit and another great addition to the genre. AJ, what you thinking, man? Original story. What are you thinking? I I have a big weakness for whodunit movies um i love knives out i love knives out um but i feel like once upon a time in hollywood felt more original if that makes sense than knives out so i'm gonna have to go with once upon a time in hollywood even though i did i did enjoy all the characters i'm not it was a nice ensemble ensemble as well with knives out um but I'm going to give this to um, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I feel like Once Upon a Time realistically is going to win, so that would be my prediction. But favorite, I got to go with Knives Out. Oh, yeah, favorite is Knives Out. Hoping that one can pull through. Even um, Parasite, Boon Jong Ho, that that was a good one. Bong Joon. Like I said, all these choices are really good original screenplay options. They really so I are. can't say I'm I I'm gonna say I won't be disappointed with who or who loses, but the one choice I don't want to win is marriage story. I'm gonna say straight up, I don't want marriage story to win this. Yeah, I, I feel like the what makes marriage story good is the performances, not necessarily the, the story and originality the is not original, but the dialogue is excellent. Yeah. The acting is good. But yeah, as original, no, I think you would you could cut off marriage story in nineteen seventeen and you could just probably I haven't seen Parasite, but you guys say it's really good. You can narrow it down to like those those three. But Tar- Tarantino took a, a real world sense of Hollywood and just he has that way of that his ultra stylized reality he puts it, it in felt and, more original you know, with, for me it felt right more original. and to spin the whole sharon tate tragedy of like the manson murders and have it him he, you know change the course of history but you know and then he brings in these characters and blends it in with real things that happen in hollywood and real shows you know lancer the the thing that he's uh, going uh that they're filming the uh pilot for that rick dalton is shooting in the film it, it, that's an actual show so he has a good he does a really good job of blending what's real and then brings his hyper stylized universe meta shit and he puts it on top of it and you get this you get this just like kind of spin off of reality into its own little timeline of yeah what if sharon tate and 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 her her, her friends weren't murdered that day with by the charles manson family what if these two idiots like took them out with one with the flame flow or the other one with the can alpo like you know what i mean like <laughs> It's just it's it's it that's interesting. It's that's original. Good. Like who it, yeah, it is. It is. It's really good. I think marriage story has a little bit of a chance though. I think because the academy is so entrapped and enticed with the performances, I feel like they're gonna overlook the the uh original screenplay kind of if it does win. Because if marriage story wins, you definitely know it's not because the story is original. I'm sorry, but if Marriage Story wins. It's going to be solely based off the performances. Yeah. And how they deliver those lines. Yeah. All right, folks. Next screenplay. We're going to adapted screenplay. That's what the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and the Two Popes. Chris, coming back to you first again, man. What you thinking for adapted screenplay? Well, I, I would agree with that one. I'm trying. I'm just. I'm thinking out loud. Uh, I haven't seen little. I haven't seen Little Women, but I'm assuming it's the same one as the book and the the 1980 movie, yep. and then the 1990 movie. So yeah. I mean, I I don't know what else there is to say about that. I I haven't seen the Popes do, doing their thing either. Uh, Todd Phillips and the Joker. Like if if that movie wasn't called the Joker, I would pick them. But it is, and I don't like it. So uh, I'm going with I'm going with Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi. He's my dude, the Irishman. That was that was you know what the Irishman was? It's like Martin Scorsese's greatest hits. And you know what there's nothing really that original about what we what he was showing us. Except that one of the one of the most talented actresses that you know that we've seen in a long time. Uh the, what's her name? Uh from she's from True Blood, Anna Paquin, 
doesn't say a word in the whole movie. No one ever says anything about that. But have you noticed that she doesn't say a damn word in the whole movie when she's in it? She just gives looks to her dad. It, it's just to me, it's not, it's not, it's not Oscar worthy. No way. Uh, so me, I'm going Jojo Wab, Jojo Wabbit, Wabbit, <laughs> Jojo Wabbit. You heard that, Jojo Wabbit. Yo, yo. I went, I went a little Elmer Fudd there, but Taika, man, it's Taika Waititi all the way. First of all, who's mad that Anna Paquin didn't say anything? For real? No, nah, man. <laughs> all right, that, that makes one of us, dog. Well, okay, I'm gonna go to you next, AJ, with adapted screenplay. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Little Women. Um, basically, what Chris said, it's it's been adapted multiple, multiple, multiple times. But I just feel like with with me, I got more emotion out of it than any than any other. Of the films here, here, um, Jojo Rabbit. It's uh, it's next after Little Women, but uh, Joker. I didn't really it. It punched you for me. It punched you way Who's too Joker hard. Joker adapted from Joker. Want to tell me that? I mean, the Batman. What was it adapted from? Here's the taxi thing. Taxi driver. Adapted, adapted King of comedy. Real, King of comedy. It was inspired by Taxi and. Than King King but what I'm saying was it, is what was adapted adapted, adapted can mean like a fictional character that's not exactly like a, a comic book itself. Does that make sense? So like it is adapted from the Joker's, Joker and it's, it's, it's Joker. Adapted, adapted from the character okay. itself. Like yeah. Avengers is okay. adapted. It's I get not you. really I get you. Yeah, it's not an actual it's book, you. but it's adapted from that character. I have a I have a question for you, Chris. Since you did not like the Joker, if it was titled anything else, would you like it? If it wasn't titled the Joker, would you like it? If it's the same exact movie, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's not just the title because for me, I, I feel like it was forced. Todd Phillips to me is the guy who did the Hangover movies, and if you show me this is Todd Phillips now, I go, that's talent. He can do comedy and he can do this shit. That's talent. I enjoy. I appreciate that. That gets a notch in my belt. I thought the cinematography was really good. A lot of Scorsese in with the camera movements. I thought that if you give me this story of this guy losing his shit, this, and then you got this great actor who I absolutely love, yeah, I would have totally done it. But then so I, I think, that you, and I, you can't convince me otherwise, I think they had this great story, and someone at Warner Brothers went like, hey, we forced the Joker into this shit. Now we got one of those DCEU films. Nah, Let's do it. No, actually, I think it's Todd. forced in there. It's forced in there. It's not Thomas it's Wayne not, either. Thomas Wayne is not an asshole. They made Thomas Wayne out to be an asshole. I don't like it. I don't like the DC. It That's is. why I don't like the film. I'm. See, I, I just. I, if it was anybody doing some crazy shit, maybe he didn't wear that exact look. The Joker makeup, even if they did say it's the Joker, it's not even the real Joker, and we all know it. So what's the fucking point? Who wants to? Uh, uh, who wants a fucking movie about the guy that inspired the real Joker? Nobody asked for that. Yeah, but no one asked for anything anyway. No one asked for an Iron Man movie in the beginning. No one did. No one asked for the MCU. Sometimes sometimes people like Kevin Feige know exactly what people want. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, but you can say the same thing for Joker. People might not want it now, but once they see it, They'd be like, oh, have you ever, been, yeah, like have you ever had a conversation with your friends and went, you know what? I want to know about the guy that inspired the guy to be Joker. No, it's a joke. No. Okay, no, I, I, I haven't. But okay, no, yeah. neither is anybody else. AJ, 
Yeah, but that that's fine that though. Mean we don't People see don't. It. This, this is this is what I um, think. Call I call this even... guy the Joker. Call him something else. Set him in Gotham, but don't call him the Joker. Okay, okay, fair. But this is this is a rule I set myself. I don't give a fuck about anyone's opinion until the movie has been until they have watched the movie itself. That any anyone's opinion is invalid. If you have not watched the movie, you shouldn't have an opinion on it. Huh? I've seen the show. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm just saying in general. I'm, I'm okay. just saying in general. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, I gotta, you gotta say see the movie. If you're gonna have a valid point, I like Joker a lot, a lot, <laughs> and I think that um, Todd Phillips he actually had this idea, and and it was he was talking about it in the director's roundtable. He actually had this idea, and a lot of people from Warner Bros. were like weird about it they kind of didn't want to do it yada yada and then a crew that came along that finally wanted to do it so it happened so there wasn't this like pre-done story like he had already done the joker story but you think that he I set out for it, deserves... it to be the guy that inspired the joker yeah, then he, why is it in, did, in the script saying that it, it's then why is well, it in the script? well we gotta wait and see man that might not be the case but I, do, I will say it doesn't deserve 11 nominations I'll, I'll, no, say, I'll come out and say that now. Eleven? No. no. Oh no! Like, I challenge Todd Phillips. I really, I really love to talk to him. <laughs> it it didn't need to be in no shit. Editing. It didn't. Need I to really be love to talk to him. Sound editing. It didn't need to be in sound at all. Like, it just didn't need to be all over the place. But, yeah. Right. Ryan, what it, you thinking it for didn't a, need to play a pedophile screen? song at the end? Either. What happened? What you thinking for <laughs> a pedophile play <laughs> at the end? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you guys with a hot one right here. So I would take out either Little Women or Two Popes, whichever whichever one doesn't bo doesn't bother me, and I would replace it with the movie Dark Waters. Have any of you seen it? No. Well, you need Dark to waters? first of all. Dark Waters with uh, Mark Ruffalo in it. Dark Waters. Oh, about you would put Dark, Dark Waters. Yeah, in there. I've heard. I would part. I would put Dark Waters in Little Women or Two Popes, one of the two. I would take them out and put in Dark Waters. But without said, I don't think it'd win, and I'd put Jojo Rabbit for adapted screenplay, because fuck Joker. Uh, Irishman, Jeez. I don't know why it has so many nominations on here. And like Chris said with Little Women, it's been adapted so many times already, so it's kind of... I don't know. Sorry. But I, I I would personally choose Jojo Rabbit for adapted screenplay. Yeah, That's Little Women me. has been adapted so many times. It's I like, know. all right, how many times do we keep the making The fact it? that is incredible. It, it yeah, can be adapted. Dude, I'm not times. saying it's not incredible, man. It's right. It's still here. People are still making shit. I remember when that movie came out when I was a, a, a young teenager. <laughs> another adapted of it. Uh, name another oh, franchise that's still there's a it's a good story it is a good story and it's relatable to multiple generations there's a reason why they made it it is i'm not Again. i'm not taking away the credit folks i'm just saying <laughs> it's been adapted it so many times is it absolutely necessary no. it doesn't deserve to win an oscar though nope, it does not now i will <laughs> say ah, out of this list, i got to say jojo rabbit man but I'm thinking Little Women could snag it. Or maybe, and go ahead and kill me on this, folks. Maybe okay. the two popes. Okay. Wow. That's, I, I that's love the two popes. Just because, like, I love the two popes. This is really it's good. such an interesting event in history. 
it might squeeze its way through there, folks. I don't know. I, I think that could be a runner-up. Um, but my prediction would be that Little Women snags it. If not Little Women or Two Popes, Jojo Rabbit. All right, let's move into the, the music section of the Oscars, folks. Now, we're going to start this off with original score, and that's with Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Another uh, category, I think, that kind of missed out on some potential other movies of the year. Um, Ad Astra. Ad Astra, definitely in there. Uh, but really need to watch that movie. It's so good, man. Um, AJ, I'm gonna start with you, man. What you thinking for original score? Rise of Skywalker. Good old John Williams. Um, with Star Wars, I feel like the score is the most impactful out of any movie for me personally. Um, 1917, I thought was pretty good, but honestly, I couldn't remember most of the score. Uh, Marriage Story, I honestly didn't even know there was a score. Little Women. Okay, uh, Joker. I I like Joker's score, um, but I don't think it was as impactful as Star Wars. So I'm a I'm a get it, give it to Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Star Wars should definitely get it. Like, I mean, it's just that iconic sound that you don't get in any other movies. It establishes a Star Wars movie. But I think Joker has a good chance. Uh, Chris, what you thinking, man, for original score? Is there anything new that we didn't hear in in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker? No, I, no the only really. thing that I think it was just it blended the mostly. Kylo march and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that a little different? Because I I really do. I'm with you. I'm a John Williams nut, bro. I love John Williams, huge fan. And you're right. Star Wars and the music go hand in hand. You know. You know Lucas, Luke, give him some credit. Lucas got something right. He picked John Williams to do the score and somebody else to edit Star Wars. So we wouldn't even have a franchise if it wasn't for those people who came on and helped him make it. So uh, he has an eye for talent. And you're right. For me as a filmmaker, the 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 tone that you set with how you want the audience to feel. Uh, John Williams is really good at that. And Star Wars, it's a part of its score. 1917, you're right. Not really memorable. I didn't even know Marriage Story had an original score. Uh Little Women yeah, probably sound. I haven't seen it, but music? it probably sounds like what I think it sounds like. So I don't really, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. And Joker, what the hell was the theme for Joker? I don't even remember that one either. All I remember is occasional um, modern music being put into it. I, so, I'm gonna probably have to go with Rise of Skywalker. Unfortunately, I don't really yeah, think it's it's of- Oscar worthy, but I don't think these other ones are really Oscar worthy either. Um, Ad Astra were like snubbed, man. Yeah, Ad Astra. This is a shallow ass list, right? Motherless here, Brooklyn, Midsummer. Yeah, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Snubbed. Oh, that's... now, now, come yeah. on, now, hold on, no, y'all didn't. No, know it should have been nominated. It could have been nominated. Like rare story. Was that rare was story so theme? beautiful. Like that was such a. A wonderful score. But man. when you think of original score, it's like when you come out of a movie and you're humming the Ninja Turtles theme song because it's in your head. Dun, dun, you know dun, what I mean? Dun, 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 Did you come out of, uh, yeah, right? of Did course. you come out of Marriage Story humming the damn theme? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, but yeah. <laughs> you I don't know. I might have came out of Marriage Story humming, dog. Right. 
you came out of marriage story looking at your wife a little different or your husband. Like, oh man. <laughs> what you got go? How funny. how ruthless are you gonna be if this shit goes sideways? Just curious. All right, let's let's get to Ryan, y'all. Let's get to Ryan. What you think of her original score, man? Uh so I think Star Wars is going to win. Just plainly off of nostalgia. That's really why it's gonna win. Just like Chris said, none of these are really Oscar worthy. But I want to go with a more original, quote unquote, let's just say original score here. I'm going to go with Joker. I want to win. I know. I know. I trash talk it all the time. Oh. But like, I'd rather have Joker than Star Wars win personally, because I feel like Star Wars is just going to win based off nostalgia. And I don't know. That bothered me if it won. But I do think Star Wars is going to win. So I'm just going to say I want Joker to win. Yeah, I think Star Wars has it. I, I want Joker to win as well. It has such an incredible score. and. Fun fact, guys, uh, Marriage Story, the original score is actually by Randy Newman, who does the Toy Story movies. What a range. Really? I saw that. I know yeah. I know Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Randy. Got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. So we know Randy fucking do with Jesus Christ. Give Randy an Oscar. He already won one for Toy Story. He doesn't need another one. <laughs> All right, Give it to John. He's about to die. Damn. I just feel like well, it's the last Star it. Wars. Might as it's well give it to John Williams. Like it's the last Skywalker. I'm song. sorry. I'm I'm sorry, but for original score is not what's the most original. Oh, I guess never mind. I'm lying to myself. Just let me. <laughs> let me be quiet right there. You're trying to justify some bullshit real quick. Yeah. And you talked yourself out 100%. of it. One hundred percent. I've been there. All right, we're going to move into original song. Now, this one's pretty stacked up, folks, so let's hear it. All right, we've got I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. I'm Going to Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. And Stand Up from Harriet. AJ, what you think for original song, man? What you going to go with? I'm going with I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away. Um, Honestly, I couldn't care about this category. I can't let you, <laughs> you, to be honest. I couldn't care less. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to go right, with we'll, we'll sweep through this one. We'll sweep through. What you think? Yes, yeah, so I'm choosing Toy Story 4. All right. Chris? Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Yeah. <laughs> I just love, I love, I, I thought the song was cool. What you think, Ryan? The, the, the movie was horrible, but whatever. Hey, man. Hey, That's hey, one way of putting it. Shit. Ryan? I thought we were going to go fast. Oh, we're going fast? Oh, I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm going to love me again, Rocket Man. Rocket Man got fucking snubbed this year. It Disgraced. Did, Disgraced. Well, Rocket Man was fan. Fantastic. Where is Taron Egerton? Where are his nominations? That is all I gotta say. But Who yeah. would you replace? Who would you replace? As what? Uh, oh, hold on. That'll role? be our next. That'll leading be our role. next. Yeah. Not there yet. Yeah. We're not there yet. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna love me again. Rockman should get original song. Yeah, cool. I think so too. I don't think there's anything really. I can't let you throw yourself away. Maybe I, I loved Into the Unknown for Frozen Two, but I know the Academy ain't gonna choose it. So. I'm I'm gonna predict I'm gonna love me again. All right, guys, we're getting down to the wire here. Down the wire, we are now Neat. in actor 
in a leading role. Now we've got a pretty stacked up category here, but it sounds like there was a little controversy before we even got here. So I want to hear them. Uh, I want to hear them opinions now. All right. Now we've got Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Mayor's Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. And it sounded to me, Ryan, like you had some stuff to say. So I'm going to go to you first, man. What, who do All you right, think, so uh, straight off the in? bat, get Antonio fucking Banderas out of here and put Taron Egerton there, please. Antonio Banderas, I've never even heard of Pain and Glory, by the way, until it got nominated. Is it like a Spanish film or something? I don't know. But last time I checked, he hasn't been in anything that I've seen that he's done well in since fucking Spy Kids. And that's saying some shit. That's saying something. Spy Kids was good. That's my point. (laughs) That is my point. You seen? Have you seen El Mariachi? That's what I told him last time. I'm like El Mariachi. Antonio Banderas is a badass, dude. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, I have not seen (laughs) Pain and Glory. Please. My time in Mexico. Have you seen that? No. Zorro, Desperado. Mask of Zorro, Desperado, and fucking time in Mexico. Yeah, I already said once. Oh, he did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I've only seen Spy Kids and Zorro and a. uh, Yeah, that's it. You don't even know who he is. I know (laughs) who he is. You got. You gotta have puss and boots. Yeah, puss and boots. I mean, come on, bro. I refuse. I've always refused to watch it, but I watched it when it came out. That's besides the point. But yeah, puss and boots. Who the fuck likes puss and boots? I, I think he's one of the bro, best characters in the Shrek don't. universe. Bro, you, you bite your tongue, goddammit. Get out of here. But get Banderas out of this shit. And Pinocchio or the shit, man. Get out of here. But anyway, I, th- I think uh, Queen Phoenix is, is going to win the actor in leading role. I don't... I mean, I actually want him or Leonardo to win. But... I, this is the one category I agree that Joker should be in. That is all I'm going to say. But yeah, Queen Phoenix should win this. All right. Um, I'm just going to have to say I highly disagree with the Antonio Banderas comments. Yeah, uh, join the fucking club. If you haven't join seen club, Desperado, Assassins, Mask of Zorro, Philadelphia, bro. Like, we can, we can hook you up, He was in Philadelphia? Man. We can hook you up. Interview oh. with a vampire. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he was an interview with a vampire. He was in that. I forgot you. All right, all right, AJ. I'm gonna go to you next, man. What you thinking for actor in a leading role? All right, so I actually have a switch on this one. Um, I think Antonio Banderas should be out of this. Um, I will, ah! I, I will replace him with Robert Pattinson and Lighthouse. Um, but I'm going to, I know that, um, they're going to choose Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Adam, Adam Driver, Marriage Story was incredible. Um, a lot of people talk about his rage scene, but I think, um, for me, the most, um, powerful scene he was in in Marriage Story was the scene where he read the, that note that, um, God. Scarlett Johansson's um, character wrote at the end of the movie. I thought that was probably the best scene I've watched in that whole movie. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, incredible as the Joker. Um, (laughs) 
Chris, you're going to disagree with me on that one. But anyway, I feel like Joaquin Phoenix did a great job as an actor within that movie. Jonathan Price, incredible. Um, the um, him and the two popes, I just felt like every every time he was on screen, I was just mesmerized just by the way he looked. Basically, um, the way he talks, his mannerisms, I feel like it's. It's incredible, but I think they're going to choose Leonardo DiCaprio for once upon a time in Hollywood. All right, um, I, I I I think it could be Joaquin, man. I I don't think anybody else in this category stands a chance between him. By the way, you guys haven't watched Pain and Glory, but it's about a a film director in his decline, and none of y'all have watched it, and y'all love film. Come on. Get on that Heard of it. glory, man. Get on it. Wow. Well, they 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 I, shitty I advertising watching, budget on that film. Watch. I never heard of it. Yeah, and I'm up that. to date. I'm I'm what the kids call current. You're current. All right, what's coming out next weekend, Chris? Go. Uh, movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> guess Shit what? Want to watch Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> I said that. Like I said, shit I don't want to watch. <laughs> Damn. All right. All right. <clears throat> Chris, go ahead, man. What you think? Actor in a leading. They're role. gonna snub. They're gonna snub Leonardo DiCaprio because that's what they love to do. Um, yeah. He doesn't get a. He doesn't get an Oscar unless a bear tries to fucking kill him. <laughs> uh, Adam Driver. I. I really. Uh, he's a really good actor. Very underrated. Uh, he would be in so much more films. I think if he wasn't ugly. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I know I'm trying to, he's just not Damn. leading. I know that, that leading, that, le that leading, the same exact thing. I was the, the leading same man thing. charm isn't there, but the guy's a cool dude. He has a lot outside of, um, outside of acting and he's a former Marine. You got to respect him. He's a former, I don't say X because once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. He's a former Marine. He has a lot of stuff with charity. Yes, um, yes, so, uh, I don't think it's look. I didn't see the Pope's Joaquin Phoenix is going to win because there's so much fucking hype about it. I don't think it was spectacular. His performance was good. It was. I would love to see a little. <laughs> I want to see. A, I would have loved to seen a little bit more. Um, I don't know what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a little bit more of Joaquin. I just feel like he could have brought mm -hmm. so much. No, you're the one that said you love that one naked shot. So you're the <laughs> so you're the nudist. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Joaquin. I think Leo World deserves movie, it though because Leo was acting like an actor, and then that actor in his film had to act like an actor in his film. It was think about it. He was playing a guy who was an actor, and then an actor was doing an acting job on set. It's really tough. That scene when he was crying. Oh my right. god! That that was. And then the, when he threw a tantrum tantrum when he fucked his lines up and he was oh, throwing his shit. And that was that was great acting. The whole last thing with the Lancer thing. It, it, with the little girl, and, and she should have been nominated. She was a oh, fantastic yes. little actor. Um, so I think Leo deserves it, but they're not going to give it to him. I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to take it. He did a good oh, job. I, I don't think too. it was. I don't think it was like, oh my god, did you guys see? And I got Heath Ledger on the brain. Maybe that's what it is. But if I thought anybody could nail a Joker, oh my god, if you could just tell me that he's the real Joker, I'd give it to him. But he's not, so I'm not going to. Who said he wasn't? Uh, the math. Bruce oh, okay, Wayne boomer. is a fucking eight-year-old, and he's like forty-five. 
How the hell is an 80 year old Joker running around trying to? No, we will not see shit. We will see. All right. So I got to say, this category, I I, would have added a few others. Eddie Murphy, Dolomite, anyone? Like, that that was great. Didn't watch it. Who pronounced it? Is that pronounced Dolomite? Dolomite is my motherfucking name. Dolomite sounds like that sandwich spread you get from um, Australia. It's a good, it's a great, great. Robert Pattinson should be in there. Bale. You mean to tell me Christian Bale didn't get in there for four versus Ferrari? No, he's Uh, a supporting actor. Supporting actor, yeah, but the lead was uh, Damon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Film. Uh, The dude from Last Black Man in San Francisco. Come on, there's a lot of people I got snubbed up in this one. But I got to say off this film, it's definitely Joaquin Phoenix, guys. Nobody else is going to get that. Like, I think I would be shocked if anyone else got that. I think Joaquin did a better job when he played Commodus. Joaquin? I think he did a better Joaquin? job as Commodus. Joaquin. I thought you called him Joaquin. Like, Joaquin. Joaquin, Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job as Commodus in Gladiator. Gladiator. I think it was a freaking... Yeah, I, that's what I was going to... I thought we were going to get some more sadistic-ass shit from him. We didn't really get anything sadistic. Mm. He wasn't a cold blood killer that's like the Joker is. That's not up to him. That's I think that him. it was it the is, beginning. It, you of think the... that Joaquin wasn't fully developing his character mostly on his own, and Ed Todd Phillips the, is stupid enough not bro. to, to yeah, hamstring an actor like that? Most of the he had most of what he had to do in the Joker. He, right. he didn't really. So let's move yeah. to actress. Actress in a leading role. We've got Cynthia Erivo, Scarlett Johansson. What's crap? Charlie's Darcy Ronan. Nah, it's oh. like Shershe, 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 Sersha, That's her name. Sersha, Sersha Ronan, and Renee Zellweger. Um, let's see. I think I, I I'll go first, gentlemen. I I really I finally watched Judy this weekend, and man, I think Renee Zellweger definitely has this. Like, there's. No way they could pass her out for that dynamic performance that she did as Judy. I mean, just a wonderful job playing her in the the final days of her life, and it was it was honestly a really really sad movie to watch. Um, the last scene had me like really tearing up, and just to play somebody who's just so emotionally and mentally damaged and completely transform yourself into that person. That's Judy exactly Dench what Renee was a wreck Zellweger at the end did. of her life. She absolute was. fucking absolute wreck. wreck. And she was such a beauty, such a talent. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Yeah, she's going from the oh my god. days over to It's so tragic to see the photos of her yeah. back then too. Oh my god. So sad, man. She just riddled that with cigarettes fuck. and alcohol and drugs and man, she just the decline was so awful. Like she was 47 years old when she died, but she looked like she was like 60. She looked like so she was bad. in the 70s, man. It was horrible, yeah, yeah. It looked so bad, man. It was it's so sad because it really does highlight and I love how the movie jumps between like past and present and it just kind of highlights how horrible her childhood was and how they like forced her to take amphetamines so she could starve herself to be skinny enough for Dorothy and it was just really really upsetting to see. But I got to go Renée Zellweger. Chris, I'm going to go to you, man. What you think of her actress? haven't seen judy um i'm aware of how talented renee is as an actress um 
I'm gonna. I'm. That's on my list to see in the next couple of days. I'm gonna go check it out. Um, I'm a fan of like that history. That style. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Judy Garland fan. I love the classic beauties in, of Hollywood, and there was so much talent back then that doesn't really get fleshed out. And like the whole Wizard of Oz, like the whole making of that film is just fucking riddled with so much lore and things that didn't really happen and crazy things with the makeup, the costume, just getting it off the ground and. The actors, their their tell-alls from that film are, are good. If you go uh, on YouTube, you can find it out. But uh, on that list, uh, no one screams. I haven't seen Little Women. Uh, I thought um, Charlize Theron did a really good job um, playing Megan Kelly. Like She's always really good in everything that she does. Uh, I've even seen Tully. She's really good in that mm-hmm. as well. I, I know Renee would probably be my close second or a tied for first if i've actually seen judy but there's it's difficult so i'm just gonna i'm gonna have to go with the film that i actually saw that i thought was that's fair edge above marriage story i got so charlie go theron for me yeah. gotta go judy bro all right i'm going uh with aj what you thinking man actress in a leading role all, right. all right so i haven't seen judy or harriet so I can't talk on those. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Marriage Story. I feel like I think this year, um, this year for Scarlett Johansson has been incredible. Um, Charlie Stern, always incredible, no matter what she does. Um, she was incredible in Bombshell, but to be honest, I she she was good in it, but I think she was like the standout standout for Bombshell. Um, seriously, Ron- um, seriously, Ronan and Little Woman, I feel like deserves best actress just because she stood out from um, most of her um, peers in Little Woman from Florence Pugh, um, Emma Watson, Laura Dern, Timothy Char- uh, Charlemagne. That's it, right? I hope I said it right. Um, Meryl Streep, uh, so on and so forth. I just feel like she stood out. Um, carried the whole film um at the same time she still worked well uh, with the other characters the character oh god characterization of her and other um characters in that movie i just felt like was done perfectly because of her acting um of her acting ability so i'm gonna choose cersei ronan for a little woman for best actress yeah cersei ronan was awesome like she did a fantastic job in Little Women, and I, I gotta say she's a good follow-up man. But if y'all haven't seen it, y'all gotta check out that Judy Ryan. What you what you yeah, going definitely. with an actress? So I haven't seen Harriet or Judy, um, but based off of what I heard with Judy, I'd probably choose Renee Zellweger. But since I ha- haven't, I'm probably gonna go with Charlize Theron and Bombshell. To be honest, it's just a I wouldn't say unique performance, but out of all of these that I have personally seen, along with the makeup that was done with her, she dude, she transformed into whatever her name is. It's Megan Kelly. It's really <laughs> dude, it's fucking scary how much she, she was her. She's screaming because it doesn't Megyn seem Kelly. like you know who Megan Kelly is. You want to lick, lick just, my ass? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> right. Like lick my 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 taint. Nah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm agree with Chris. I'm agreeing with you. 
no, I'm just fucking with you. Anyway. Uh, anywho. Currency Ronin for <laughs> a little woman. What? <laughs> All right. So, what was your pick, Ryan? <laughs> Charlie's Theron. Man, she just embodied Megan Kelly. And if you don't know who Megan Kelly is, she was a longtime, very popular reporter on Fox News. Go look her up. She honestly sounds like her. She looks like her. She acts like her. Like her She's voice the is even embodiment different. of Megan Kelly. She is. She is the physical embodiment. It's scary. Of her. But that is how Renee Zellweger is, man. With Judy. She wins the hair, like the transition of time. She shows it. Like Megan Kelly goes through different looks. It's progression yeah. of time in the film. She does a really good job of like doing it seamlessly, but still like out of if I seen Judy, like now I feel bad I haven't seen Judy because I don't <laughs> I don't know about Harriet. I know that actress is really Cynthia. She's she's good. She's great. I just haven't seen the film. Harriet, I wish I, wish I could that. come back to this one and give a... Uh, I know who shouldn't win it. That's Scarlett Johansson. I don't think that was an Oscar-worthy performance necessarily above all these other ones who are... You know, it's hard to, to act, let alone now you got to act like somebody who really exists and you want to do it right. That's real, that's real talent. So I think the edge should go to Judy and Bombshell. Those Renee and Charlize, I think, should be the only ones pulling out the Oscar at all in this category. All right, let's move along to directing, fellas. Directing, we got there. Disappointed as hell with this right now. All right, so we've got Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips oh. for Joker, Martin Scorsese nope. for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Chris, I'm going to go to you. Sounds like you have quite the opinion on this category. Let's hear it, man. Who got left out, bro? Who, who shouldn't belong? Uh, I don't. Uh, who directed Ad Astra? Oh, I know. I keep saying it. I forget his. I forget the person's. I don't. I think it was a boy. I don't know if it was a girl. I don't want to say James his name, Gray. but I forget the name of James the person. There you Gray. go. He got snubbed. I would take out. Um, the, uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I can't fairly take out a movie that I haven't seen. No, because I don't think Todd Phillips did a bad job directing. Directing the Joker. I don't think so at all. I don't. I don't have a problem with necessarily the, the, the direction. I have a problem with the story um, when it comes to that. Uh, Martin Scorsese was nothing special um, when it comes to the direction of this of that project. Um, it's between Tarantino and Todd Phillips for me. I like Sam Mendes. Um, I don't want to take... <sighs> Shoot, this one's tough. I'm, I'm second-guessing myself as I speak. Does once I'm telling myself out loud. Does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood deserve Best Director? Mm, Todd Phillips. No, I don't know. I don't know. know. This is tough, bro. I just I don't. I think it's definitely between Phillips, uh, Tarantino, and Mendez. Um, You know what? I think I'm going to give the edge to Mendez. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it away from Tarantino and give it to Mendez. I think what he was trying to do with all the things that he was trying to do as a director to pull it off, exactly. oh, it could have fucked up so badly. He could have, oh, it could have just been. 
if that movie tanked, he was never going to get another movie uh, for a while because of, of the, the way he decided he wanted to shoot it. It was either going to work and look fantastic or it wasn't going to work. I appreciate that, that art of filmmaking. I appreciate what Todd Phillips was trying to do as jumping genres um, and going into the more serious, dark stuff. That's talent itself. Uh, Irishman, I'm not, not impressed. Sorry, Martin. Sorry. It's good, not great. Hey! Um, it's not great, but it's okay. It's good. It's I ate my dinner while I watched it. It was great. Um, <laughs> but Tarantino, <laughs> Tarantino's Tarantino. Damn. It's hard for me, but Sam Mendes, Sam Sam Mendes, man, I'm gonna give it to Sam Mendes. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, just all the stuff he did and wrangling all that talent, all those extras, getting all the the production just right so that it can all happen seamlessly. His vision, his vision had to be crystal clear. Crystal. And he had to he had to have a lead dude, he had to know what he was doing, what he wanted. He had to be some kind of fucking leader on that that set. He had to lead by example and he couldn't hesitate. I I know this because as soon as I've been on sets with directors who are hesitating themselves and it's like, oh, we're gonna turn on you. It's not gonna work out great because we don't trust you. We don't believe you have a, a focus. We don't believe you have a clear vision. And if you do, we can support that. And it, uh, he had to put his money where his mouth is. That's directing. Directing is one is the hardest job next to quarterbacking, you know, in the NFL. It's one of the hardest jobs to, to do. To do no, it's it's hard. You think quarterbacking is easy in the NFL? You got another thing coming. No, I just never heard somebody call it quarterbacking. I, just I like played the, the dude. I played the position and I coached the position for five years, so I've always called it quarterbacking. All right, right so that's so... my pick. All right, That's so you are going with Todd, or I'm sorry, Sam Mendes. Um, Mendes. AJ, what you thinking, man? Director. All right, so <laughs> here comes another hate for the Irishman. Um, I would replace Martin Scorsese, and I I would have want I would have wanted um Greta Gerwig for best director. Yeah, um, what the I, heck was up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like Greta Gerwig direct. Huh? Did she direct? Little Woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, my bad. I didn't, I didn't know her name. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, I just felt like she, what you basically said for Sean Mendes and how their team worked all together, and he had like a clear vision. I felt like Greta Gerwig also had a clear vision of what she wanted from the cinematography, teaming up with the. Um, producers, not producers, sorry, product designers, the costume designers, everything was done perfectly. I felt like directing wise, she had a clear vision, which I love, but she's not on this. Um, so I'm crossing out Martin Scorsese off this. Um, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but there were certain points where I felt like it was, uh, what's the word? It felt a little off to me at certain scenes, so I, I wouldn't say Quentin Tarantino either. I, I'll probably is the it was um, what was off off to you. I just I just felt like the um were there the lulls genre, in the story, huh? Were there like lulls in the story where you're getting times where you're getting bored or? No, I just felt like the John. He couldn't pick like a genre that he wanted. He just. He nitpicked from here and there with it, um, with all his um, all the genres, um, which he usually does. But for this particular movie, I just felt like it was a little off um, for some reason. I can't really like 
speak on that too much. I had to think a little bit more on that. I, it just felt weird to me. Um, with um, Todd, Phil uh, not Todd Phillips, Sh um, Sean Mendes, Sam Mendes, good Lord. Um, I feel like he's going to win, but my personal pick, I want Parasite to win because Bong Joon-ho, goodness. Um, I just felt like um, he had a clear direction as well. Um, everything from the position of the cameras, cinematography, teaming up with cinematography, everything was done perfectly, perfectly in a more simplistic way than 1917. So I guess I'm going to choose 1917 as my uh, Sean, Sam Mendes as director. Dang, bro, you got some Sean Mendes songs stuck in your head? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I really enjoyed uh, his direction in 1917, though. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at this list, and I'm just thinking it, it just, Sam Mendes just seems like the one. But, Ryan, am I wrong here? Is there somebody else for directing you're thinking about? Actually, yeah. So I would take out Martin, Martin Scorsese and replace him with James Mangle for a Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Honestly. Um, yet, I don't think he'd win. I think the win would go to Sam Mendes. I want Sam Mendes to win out of all these people as much as it kills me because I love Quentin so much. But what Sam Mendes did was pretty fucking huge, honestly. No one's done... People have done that style of filmmaking before, but not for the entirety of the movie. When I went into the movie, just like everyone else, they knew what the movie, how it was cut, how it was directed and all that. And I went into the film looking for the cuts at the same time. I would say I found some of them, but dude, they're so fucking seamless that it's insane. I've watched a bunch of the behind the scenes footage of this. That entire, um, the entire third act when he's running through all of the fucking men men fighting going out to to shoot people going to benedict cumberbatch's sergeant or captain whatever he was that entire take took two times to do and they only had three chances for it i believe three or four chances they did it on the second or first go which was really impressive the shot of when he runs into one of the soldiers was unscripted the soldier accidentally ran into the actor himself, but they loved it so much. They're like, it fucked up the take, but it made the take better. Let's leave it in. And the whole idea of a one take movie just doesn't seem plausible, but Sam Mendes pulled it the fuck off. But like Chris said, if he failed at this, he was, he would not get another directing job at all, or maybe for a while. And the dude's already decently old. But I gotta give it to Sam Mendes. The movie's fantastic. Everything about it's awesome. And I really hope he wins directing. Watch Victoria. It's all one take. Yeah, it's so good. It's crazy. But it I gotta say, funny. this 1917 was just, it was revolutionary to that genre of film. I have not seen that one take look in, in many films. And that just pulled it off so seamlessly it was amazing and to do that it requires amazing direction to wrangle the talent and to to pull that off and he had a definite vision going in just like you guys said and 
I think he deserves it. I really think he does. All right, guys. We're to our top dog. The biggest one. The, the one that everybody's looking forward to. Best picture, everyone. Now, this is pretty stacked up, but it's not. I think we don't have 10 this year. I think we got eight. So we're looking at Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, and Parasite. Yes, nine. Um, so, guys, I kind of want to go around first and ask you if there's anything that you think should be in this list. Let's not let's not cut anything out, but is there anything you think is missing, Chris? Astra. <laughs> all that had Astra <laughs> for Best Picture. <sighs> It deserves to be on here as, as many times as fucking Marriage Story's been on here, as much as Little Women's been on here. The Irishman? You're trying to tell me that The Irishman's a better overall story and picture and view and sound and in, 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 in acting and visuals than Ad Astra? I don't think so. Cut that shit right out. Put Ad Astra in there. Maybe <laughs> no. the Lighthouse... I don't know, but Little Women's all over the place. I'm starting to think maybe I got to go fucking see it because it's everywhere. Or maybe I'm not understanding the films people like anymore. But uh, the you know the the constants of it, and maybe it's always like this. I don't know. I haven't really cared about the Oscars in a while, to be honest with you. Uh, so I love 1917. Um, it's not a gimmick, despite what people think. It uh, it's not. I just think the direction, the production team the behind the scenes stuff like ryan was saying before uh yeah it, it swept me away um immediately immersed me in it um i judge films a lot on like tough criteria and you guys are aware of this but like i want to be immersed i want to be sucked into it you know i want to be entertained and if something takes me out of it then there's something wrong with your movie because i'm perfectly designed like designed to love your shit so give it to me but give it to me good and i'll love it but I, the second I think something's off, I, I, it just sticks with me. And like, uh, there's films like The Dark Knight in 1917, where I'm, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's certain those films where you're just watching them 100% through and through. And like The Gentleman that came out recently, it's just those Guy Ritchie movies do do the same thing for me. I'm I'm not distracted by shit because it's everything is entertaining me. My ears are entertained. My eyeballs are entertained. My curiosity of this cool story way and the way you're telling it is entertained i don't want to look at my phone i don't want to think about all oh, this is boring or think about this shot would look better if they reverse shot it and then shot it from a crane or whatever that i get distracted with or oops continuity error i caught you but i don't want to see that shit and if there's any negatives in 1917 i sure as fuck didn't see it because i wasn't paying attention i was immersed in the damn thing and then to figure out all the things that went behind in this movie to, to get it made it's ballsy it's ballsy, it's talent, it's everything that I'm passionate about becoming a filmmaker. Tarantino's good, but he's always good. He's like the damn New England Patriots when it comes to fucking filmmaking. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it to the, to the, the, the underdog. Patriots, I'm going to no. give it to the Kansas Fuck. City Chiefs here. I'm going to come out with this wild Patrick Mahomes, this, we're going to do it this way kind of shit and see if it works. And it fucking worked for them. So it worked for 1917. It's different. It's cool. It's unique. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's interesting. It's realistic. Um, well acted. Got to give it to 1917. 
All right, so you're saying no Irishman. Add, oh. add Astra and Lighthouse, yeah. and your pick is 1917. All right, yeah, I can agree with all that. Um, To be honest, I, I'm kind of shocked that Add Astra didn't make its way into Best Picture. That's what I thought the um, movie was like um, really released for. I don't know. I don't think it had. A, I don't think they did a really good job of marketing it. I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, it that's because I was because when I first saw it, I was expecting something different. And that first scene where like the tower, the the space tower antenna falls apart, and I'm like, oh, this is oh, a different. This is going to yeah, be a different movie. This is a thinking like, oh. man's movie. This is this is. I got to sit in and listen and watch this motherfucking thing. Okay, okay. I like it even more now. And then we don't even talk about what's his name, the older dude in the movie. He did a great job. As he could, he should have been supporting actor. The fuck is his name? Tommy Lee Not Jones. Ke no, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Daniel Sutherland. Oh, he did an yeah. excellent job in this film playing off Roy, um, Brad Pitt's character. Uh, you got these contrasts. It, it, you know, it. I don't know. It should have been on the. It should have been nominated. I don't think it should have won. Or 1917 nailed it. But that's my thing. Here's mine. The farewell. Yes. What the heck? Oh man? my! What happened to the farewell? Like that—that that got snubbed top to bottom, and that was easily one of 2019's best films. Easily. We don't even get a best supporting actress for the grandmother. It is ridiculous that that one got passed up, and Ad Astra and Uncut Gems. I was surprised. Oh, I forgot about Uncut Gems, but didn't that come out in January? No, that came out the end of 2019. Really? It did the same as um, 1917. With that was Adam. Adam Sandler's best acting since fucking The Waterboy. I don't know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. That, no, I'm dead serious. I was, I was so off of Adam Sandler. I was like, fuck you. You suck. And so do your friends and your shitty movies. I hate <laughs> man, you. I seen that. You ruined everything. Like, and then I saw that and I'm like, holy shit, Adam. And then at the end, no spoiler alert, the end shocked the fuck out of me. Yeah, I'm kind of just like, like All right, I, was I like, might be back on the Adam train, bro. Hey, if he's going to do this, I'm down. Give Kevin Garnett <laughs> best supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, AJ, I'm going to go to you next. And the man. weekends in that film, too. Don't forget the weekends in oh there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Um, what would you add and what would you take out? And then what's your favorite? What's your, your All right. So I would take out the Irishman. Surprise, surprise. Um, and I will add the farewell to it. Um, replace it with the farewell. I will add um, knives out within um, mm. best picture. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with. Um, I think 1917. I want 1917 to win, and I know 1917 is gonna win. Um, just purely based on the fact that everything had to be perfect. We've already talked about that from cinematography, everything that has to do with the movie was done perfectly. Um, I'm, I have a weakness for anime. I have a weakness for foreign oh, films. Oh, I, I love anime. I, I, just, I just love it. I just feel like there's more emotion in anime. I just feel like there's more, I don't know why, but I just feel like there's more heart with foreign films than any other film. So parasite i truly love um the farewell i truly loved but with 1917 i just felt like it hit me different it it on the um, technical level it was perfect um just on the 
um, not fun. I just said technical. Goodness. Um, just on my pure enjoyment, I couldn't lift, um, couldn't close my eyes while watching this movie. So I'm gonna go with 1917, even though I will like Parasite or The Farewell. If Farewell was going to be on here to win, I'm gonna choose 1917. Yeah, I, I feel like that has a very good chance of winning it. I really want Parasite to win, but before I go, I'm gonna give it to you, Ryan. What you thinking for Best Picture, man? And uh, what would you take out? What would you add? So I would take out probably Irishman and Marriage Story. I would take those two out and replace them with um, – shit, I lost my train. I thought, oh, The Lighthouse won. And I know the three of you are not going to because I'm such a fucking CBM nerd, but I would put Avengers Endgame in here for motion picture. Um I fucking love The Lighthouse when I saw it. I knew it was going to be a weird movie, but it was just so fucking weird. And I think that was the main reasons why I've liked it. And I've always kind of been off put from Robert Pattinson because of all the Twilight stuff. And I haven't seen any of his other A24 films. Like, um, I think it's High Life and so the, yeah, and, uh, the movie where he has to like take his brother out of jail or something. I haven't seen those two. Good bro. times. Yeah. And I heard they were fantastic, and I'm like, I also really like Robert um, Eggers. I really like Willem Dafoe. I'm going to give this movie a chance. And, dude, I'm so glad I gave this movie a fucking chance. The movie is gorgeous. It's one of the most unique movies I've seen in a while, just because of the way it's shot and its aspect ratio. Um, you don't see too many films nowadays, other than, like, Ad Astra last year. That really requires you to really focus on on two characters on the screen. Because you're only given Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe in this movie. Nothing else. There's no other characters unless you want to consider a faceless mermaid in the movie a character. I thought it was great acting. It was phenomenally written. I thought the... I, I was kind of thrown off with the accents a little bit. Um... But just like everyone else, they, 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 it wasn't really a problem. It really made me feel immersed. I loved the film, and it always had me at the top. What the fuck is at the top of the lighthouse? So I give him that. And then I also love Avengers Endgame. I was one of the people that wish Avengers Infinity War was on Best Motion Picture last year, too. So I'm not kind of shocked that I want Endgame on this. I thought it did the best job it could do at wrapping up multiple storylines for a bunch of characters i thought the um the progress through the story sure it felt kind of thought uh tongue-in-cheek sure yeah that too um but other than that i thought the movie is phenomenal i thought the first act was really well acted by everyone showing the the loss from the end of infinity War. you really felt the resignation from it you you felt the resonance from it you saw how thanos really feels happy that he got rid of half the universe and i dude i still think this is one of the most impossible movies to have done and get such high praise other than let's just say 1917 let's just say that's on the picture but this movie was monumental not only was it three hours it had to wrap up so many different storylines along with appeasing so many different fans of all different 
age groups. And I think it might have done it a little bit better in some little parts, but I don't really think it could have done much better than it did. So I really wish it was on best motion picture. But now what I think is going to win compared to what I want, I'm, I I really don't want to say this, but I really think Joker is going to win. Joker, dude, it took what? every single award by storm, dude. It's crazy. I think Joker is going to win, but I'm with you guys. I really want 1917 to win. Um, I was between 1917, Once Upon a Time, and Parasite. Those are my three. If one of those three wins, I will be happy, but I really want to see 1917 win just based off of the technical achievement and the directing achievement done in this film. I give Sam Mendes so much props. And even, I don't know the main actor's name, but he did a fantastic job as well, just showing the true intensity. He always looks scary. I love it. I dig the movie, and I really hope it wins the 2020 Oscars. At least nominated for his performance. Yeah, that's one of the ones I want to talk about. With him the entire movie. Great job. He carried the whole movie. Yeah, he sold the whole movie for everybody. He should have been on there. He got snubbed big time. It just just goes to show you that the... I don't know his name, but the lead actor... The the lead actor in 1917. Oh, George Mackay? Yeah, yeah, he got snubbed. I I just didn't think of, like, acting when I thought of 1917, so I guess I didn't mind it that much. Because you were so immersed in the story, did a fantastic job of acting his ass off, you didn't even know. Yep. So immersed. You got to give him credit, though, man. He looked, he looked, and he and he sounded like an authentic 1917 soldier. He did. I, I to give me, it and to I'm him. a history he did a buff. Damn good job. Was convinced. So I mean, as director myself, I was really impressed by it. Man, I gotta say, um, the Academy luckily even gave one comic book movie a nomination this year. They're not gonna give two of them. So unfortunately, Endgame was not going to make it in. Um, I thought Uncut Gems, big old snub. Uh, what was the other one? I no one talks about the house king. for sure. I, I love the king. The what? The king. The king was um Netflix. On Netflix with yeah. Oh yeah, I never, I never caught that one. That's I good. it didn't like really. Seemed very interesting to me, so I kind of ignored it, to be honest. Watch that it. One up, Robert, I think Robin Pattinson is really good in that, and Timothy Charmley is really good in that, too. Okay. Yeah, I just think there was a lot this year that got kind of glossed over, and I just, I don't know, I'm like, what's Everyone up saw Joker, stuff? and they shit their pants. <laughs> I mean, just dropped a big one. And it was oh my good. god, Joker! Oh no, it was good, but I it wasn't shit your Joker. pants good. They're <laughs> like Jesus. Movie's good. That's it. It's nothing better. I loved than Joker. Good. You and AJ both. I guess it's a white person thing. I'm sorry. Watch <laughs> highlight. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I know some. <laughs> high life is amazing. Don't don't even get no, me started. No, I didn't mean there. to catch those. I I I've wanted to. But come I've on, heard nothing the... but good things about him. Also, the last black man in San Francisco that didn't get a nom. I heard Motherless Brooklyn was pretty good. Did anybody see that Motherless Brooklyn? But nobody likes Ed Norton. Yeah, yeah no one likes Ed Norton. Do you know how dude. much shit he gives people when you're working with Ed Norton? Bro, no, he he's a fucking asshole. Scripts right on fucking set. He just abuses you pretty much. 
Yeah, yeah he's a fucking dick. He's Fuck an him. asshole. Yeah. Man, Ed Norton, but... I don't like him. <laughs> like, I don't like him. I, I used You're to because I thought one. Rounders was really good. Rounders was cool. Him and Matt Damon back in like 98 did a movie about playing poker and shit in, in New York. It's pretty good. It's got, um, what's it, John Malkovich is in it. He plays the bad Russian guy. It's a pretty good movie. You should see it. I like. I but, think 1917 man. has has this award though. Unfortunately, um, I mean, I guess it is fortunate because uh, I, I, I really did like how delivered. good it was. But I, I just think that there were some snubs here. I think there were some missed opportunities. But guys, we've come up on the end of our list. Only smokes. We're we're at the end here, guys, and the Oscars are on in a little over an hour, an hour now. Uh, I just wanted to thank AJ and Ryan for coming on out. AJ, where can we find you, man? Tell us a little bit, a little bit about you, what you do, and where we can find you. You can find me on Geeks Five Nations website. You can find me on Movies Matrix website. You can find me on Twitter all the time on AJ underscore Geeks Fives doing theories, debating with everyone because I like to debate, and that's about it. Uh, Ryan, where can we find you, man? Uh, you guys can also find me at Geeks Vibe, uh, Movie Matrix, and you guys can also check out my podcast that I that AJ helps co-host with me over at the Geek Fix Podcast. I'm pretty sure it's on Google Play. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I know it's definitely on iTunes. So if you guys got iTunes, definitely go over there, check it out, tell me what you think, tell me what we can improve on. Uh, that's pretty much what I want. But thank you guys so much for having me. This fun's fuck and i yeah. can't wait to watch the oscars yeah guys it was an absolute pleasure having you and chris let us know fun, about some guys. new projects man man you know i got a lot going on it's a whole nother show let's hear it <laughs> i'm just happy to dude i'm just happy to be co-hosting the show back with you again man to be honest with you i know man Feels you know i got to be the, back on the grind. I got the, yeah i got the rocketeer um fan film going along um i'm set to hopefully and i can't really talk about it but next september i'm jumping aboard my first feature film um as a writer backed by a major studio who um bought the rights to a book that my friend published so that's nice. about all i can say about the book but i'm awesome. heading <laughs> i'm heading into that venture you know i still got little side projects i got my youtube channel where i just do random stuff called my cheese bro where I just kind of just upload things for fun. That's, you know, and I'm doing the podcast still teaching. So that's, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Awesome guys. Well, Hey, this has been another edition of Sunday night geeks. Y'all we'll be back in a couple weeks for another edition and another great episode talking about movies, TV and all in the geek first guys. We'll see you next time.